0: Hey everyone, today is Thursday the 7th of November 2019 this is the gap episode 492 I'm Luke glory job Giro is here
1: how's your week going job pretty good pretty interesting week yeah. you know about to fly off to uh, Japan right tonight uh, so yeah getting all my, my my ducks in a row before that because uh, it's it's an overnight flight but it's still it's difficult, you know? I don't get to fly business. So uh, there's no mm. chance of me doing business during that flight. Uh, yeah. You just need to make sure you sleep on the plane. You'll be fine. I Pretty, I, pretty much the same time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a pretty easy one to sleep on. That's the, the upside. Because, um, yeah, it leaves it like, leaves late at night, 13 hours. Uh, just knock out a full gamut of sleep. Um, yeah, but yeah, there is still a chunk of Aussie time that is pissed away. Like, well, I get early, in, like get in early in the morning, but uh, it is a couple of hours difference. So yeah. Anyway, long story short, just making sure I got as much work done as possible so that by the time I uh, I get there, uh, I can slack off a little bit. I guess. Good. Right. Yeah. And so that's for the Rainbow Six Pro League, is it? Rainbow Six Pro League finals in Tokanami, which uh, is in Nagoya in uh, in Japan, um, which is sort of halfway between Osaka and Tokyo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on and it's it's like taking place. I've never seen anything like this before, but it's taking place on an island. Uh like, the island is basically dedicated to the airport. So, imagine Sydney Airport, oh. if Sydney Airport was just on a fucking island in the middle of a bay. Tasmania. Okay, like Alcatraz, but for airports or some shit. Um, yeah, like... I don't know. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's very close to the Cheetah uh, Whiskey Distillery, which is the blended... Um, One of the, it's the blended budget version of Yamazaki. So, I'm going to see if I can visit that. Or alternatively, we are going to, um, we're flying out of Osaka on the way back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I, I know that Yamazaki itself is a pretty short train ride away from Osaka Station. So, I might just try to go straight to Yamazaki. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's my big plans. Also, I'll watch some Rainbow Six. It uh, should be good. Wildcard is playing. <laughs> um, yeah, wild. So yeah, Wildcard, formerly Orglis. Uh They're playing. Uh, I've got high hopes, although their first game is against Navi, which uh, isn't great. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully, they can they can get it done. So. Um, it's a big, week for es- uh, big weekend for esports, eh? Like, a lot going on this weekend in esports. So, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be nice to have an opportunity to just sit there and fucking absorb hmm. all the esports going on. The group stages of the PUBG, uh, the PGC, and League of Legends, and Rainbow Six, and I'm sure there's other shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah. should be good I'm excited we've got uh, yeah I've got Disco Elysium on my surface I tested it out um, yeah. I really want to play this game and uh, yeah uh, if I can't sleep I'll have Disco Elysium to play because it seems to work pretty fine on my surface uh, it hammers through battery uh, but apart from that not too bad not too mm. big a deal. Yeah. Um that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So you want to talk about Disco Elysium? You you played? I've only Thank played you. like uh the first like 30 minutes, I'd say. Not even that maybe. Uh, but uh it's already like fucking it's already nailing it. It's very uh it reminds me a lot of um Planescape Torment, which is uh, a fantastic old school RPG that uh, put a lot of emphasis on uh, communication over necessarily combat, although Planescape definitely had combat. Um, Yeah, it was sort of, you know, in the style of the old school, uh, the Neverwinter Nights type games, but uh, we've definitely talked about it before and if you've never seen Planescape Torment, it's definitely worth Checking out, it's definitely something like I, I think it's a seminal uh, RPG experience because it's it sort of heavily emphasized, uh, what I call it, ludonarrative uh, synergy, I guess, uh, you know, the uh, die, uh, writing, uh, the marrying of gameplay and narrative so that you know the two were intertwined so that you you know, the the would you kindly sort of thing, you know, like the Bioshock would would you kindly, you know, the reason you mm-hmm. keep doing anything that that this dude tells you to uh, is because you need to to play the fucking game but also from a narrative perspective, he, you're doing anything uh, he tells you to because you are conditioned to do it. Spoilers for Bioshock there. Um <laughs> just ca- casual Bioshock spoiler, Um, yeah, like, scope Torment was knee-deep in that shit. Uh, and yeah, I'm getting heavy vibes of, of that from Disco Elysium as well. Um, it's weird. I think I died instantly. Like, real early on, I died, uh, immediately. To uh, I won't, won't say how, but, uh, if you fail a roll and you don't have enough points in body, um, you can die in an, in an extremely embarrassing way, uh, and that's. It seems like a bit of a crotch punch, but at the same time, I really appreciate the game having the nuts to kill me thirty seconds into the fucking game to basically nothing. Uh, huh. Yeah, like it's a bold It's a bold choice. Um, I'm. I, I just have to sort of start again. Uh, it's it's cool. Yeah. And, you know, it it did it in a very uh, entertaining way. So, yeah, I'm very excited to play more of it. Uh, I've been hearing amazing things about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I've been hearing good things about it as well, but I don't know. It just, for me, it seems like not, I don't know. I don't know if I can sink that much time into an RPG where
1: all you do is just talk to people uh yeah like i guess you gotta <laughs> yeah way up what you want out of a game uh you better sink yeah. that much time into a game where all you do is talk to people then we uh, carry a box from one side yeah. of the world to the other thanks for <laughs> thanks for squashing my gags there luke it's very yeah. good very good it's not you know it's not before nine for you so i think you could give me a little bit of slack to work my way to my jokes uh based on oh, how early you're assuming i got up before 12 though so <laughs> i never assumed that uh <laughs> yeah uh i got more to say about uh the box game box game um shall we jump straight into that or yeah Was there do anything it. else you wanted to talk about you went and saw terminator you want to talk about do we want to talk about terminator do you want to talk about terminator i've been seeing um, really mixed uh, things about Terminator. are you seeing it are you seeing it uh, i'm definitely going to go see it when i go back from japan 100 i'm going to go watch it all right let's talk about terminator yep
0: <laughs>
1: terminator one obviously
0: it's a classic right yep it's a horror movie horror basically. Yep. horror film Um, for those that haven't seen it, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, I'm about to spoil all the Terminators, by the way. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a, a a futuristic robot sent back in time to kill a leader of the human resistance. Um, or kill his mom anyway. Kill his mom. Um, Sarah Connor. And so the, the first movie is straight up like low budget horror film, um, directed by James Cameron and uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Linda Hamilton. And the second movie is a um, more of like a big blockbuster action film, um, similar to the vein of like your Aliens, right? Alien, An Alien was a horror movie then went to an action film, whereas Terminator was a horror film going to an action film as well. And they do a, a twist in this one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is no longer the bad guy, he is sent back in time to protect John Connor and, um, stop another Terminator from, from killing John Connor. Um, one of the best action movies ever made and, uh, sort of solidified Arnold Schwarzenegger as a bonafide like action. We already knew he was, but it's like, he's one of his huge films. Um, Terminator 3, uh, exists exist I don't mind it in terms of like its idea the basic idea behind that one is again um the T-800 sent back or I can't remember it's the T-850 one of those two sent back in time to protect John Connor they send another Terminator back to try and kill him um and this whole time John Connor is believed to be um you know they've stopped Judgment Day from the last film and he's he's kind of off the grid at this point point. and this film is centralized around him basically um he he believes that like they're gonna stop judgment day again but the twist at the end is that like judgment day is inevitable um and that's the the starting point of like john connor leading becoming a leader that's sort of like the arc of that story um i think it's a fine idea there's obviously some bits in between that aren't executed that well but whatever then we've got um uh salvation which is the fourth film starring sam worthington and christian bale christian bale's john connor um this film has some interesting ideas where (laughs) christian bale is playing the john connor character uh, and trying to lead the resistance and you've got this other character sam worthington's um mysteriously like you don't know what he is he starts to to um, socialize with john connor and eventually it turns out that he's actually a, a terminator that has been reprogrammed to, I guess, befriend John Connor yep. and lead him to, Sleeps um, up. yeah, lead him back to Carl Reese, who is John Connor's father, um, uh, and try and rescue him, but it's like a trap that the, uh, Skynet has set up. I, again, it's not, I don't think it's a bad movie, fucking interesting premise, um, whatever. Then you've got Genesis, which is the last film that came out in 2015-ish, about four years ago, uh, which, I, I don't mind it again (laughs) like I think it's an interesting story like all of these films I think have interesting stories right um and so with this one it is set where they send another Terminator back to Terminator one time period to sort of intercept the Terminator that's going to be trying to kill Sarah Connor um and uh when I watched that because I didn't know nothing about it, I was blown away by like the premise the idea of that it's really fucking cool um, and then it kind of just falls off the rails to the end where it turns out like John Connor is a uh, it's like a hybrid Terminator or something. And it's really weird at that point. Uh, and uh, so the first, I feel like, first act of that movie is amazing. Like, it's such a cool idea. And then it just goes off the rails after that. Um, and then the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I've got that somewhere here. In this room, probably. Um, which is basically... John Connor and Sarah Connor um go forward in time and try and uh, like escape sort of a Terminator who is going after them, and it's 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 a really great um sort of middle piece into like the the franchise of the series um so I like I feel like all of these different stories have really interesting ideas and and like story elements but whether or not they executed well is like you know, there's good bits in there and other bits are just like weird and wacky, but at least they've got interesting ideas surrounding them. Whereas Terminator, uh, what's it called? Dark, Dark Fate. Fate is, is basically James Cameron getting the rights back to the Terminator series and saying, um, this is the definitive sequel to T2. And, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I feel like I fucking have to. It does nothing new. It is basically a retelling of Terminator 2.
1: Right. Oh, okay then except
0: (laughs) with with it's basically a retelling of Terminator 2 it it deletes everything that happens after T2 so none of those sequels I guess exist or I don't know I guess you can kind of get away with it with the way that time works and whatnot in these stories but they're, they're basically avoiding all the stuff that happened in those other films um Genesis ends on sort of like a cliffhanger. We don't find out what happens after that. This is set basically, uh, like after when judgment day is supposed to happen, which is, uh, I don't know. I can't remember the specific date, but it's basically set like after that. Um, so T3 doesn't exist. All that, that, that stuff happened, um, after judgment day. This is like a, this is basically like their version of T3, um, I don't fucking like it at all. I think it's literally the worst movie they Terminator they've put out. I don't like what they do with the, um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, character. Spoilers. He's in it. Um, I don't like what they do with him. Even though he's probably got the best lines in the film. don't like what they do with his character. It's so fucking dumb. Um, yeah. And just like... Even the Terminator that they have coming back to... Who is the villain... It's not even original it's like literally the same fucking terminator that we saw in t3 basically the same terminator it's fucking it's like it's a waste of time the entire thing is wasting time i see all these people being like oh it's the best terminator since since t2 and i'm like it is not like does, does nothing new nothing new in this film and like it's all a rehash of t2 with some elements from the other films and they're like here you go and it's uh, i feel like it's um Because there's three sort of female leads in this story. And they're sort of the front and center of the entire film. I feel like it's just like... Oh look, we've got... You know, we're doing something different here. And it's just like... No, you're basically... You've retold... Not only have you destroyed like fucking 15, 20 years of all the other shit that's happened before. But... You've done it poorly. And all you've done is just retold the same story. Uh, And not only that, but you've ruined T2 in, in the meantime. Like it fucking makes... T2, a shit film. So, I recommend... Do not go see it. I think it's fucking crap. It's... It might be the worst film I've seen this year. Wow. (laughs) It's got some good action scenes. But, oh my god. I was so annoyed with the story. I was fucking... Like, I did not like the story, what they do with it. Um, It's bad. It's extremely bad. Right. I hope James Cameron doesn't make another one of these films. Because he wanted to make a trilogy. Um from what I've read from this stuff now that he's got the rights back. Right. No, he shouldn't make a trilogy. Oh. Don't touch it. You've you've fucked it. If this is if this is the direction you're going to go with it, like like talk about how this is the divinity sequel and you've got all these cool ideas and then literally do nothing exciting with this film. It's so boring. Um in terms of the story. Like there's literally fucking like, they reuse action set pieces from the old films. Like, ah, oh, remember this scene from T2? Here you go. And then half an hour later, it's, oh, remember this scene from T2? And they do it again. And you're like, what the fuck is going on here? And, like, and then you've got this Tony that's set back. And, oh, he's wearing a cop costume. <laughs> remember that guy? But he's fucking boring. Like, he's the most boring motherfucker you've ever, like, he's a non-existent villain. He's got, like, a couple of lines in there. Uh, and then just not good. Like, zero character. You know, Like, the T-1000, you know, have you seen this boy? The, the classic Wayne's World <laughs> lines. But, like, he's a he's a good, like, character with personality and whatnot. Yeah. This guy is just bland, boring, and it's just like... Uh, like, people giving Sam Worthington shit for, for his Terminator performance. No. <laughs> do, do not do that. Um... Yeah, I, I do not like it at all. I don't. I don't know why. I don't think people should go see it. And I don't know why it's getting so many good reviews. But it, it's it's on par with some of the other Terminator films in terms of its reviews. Yeah. But I feel like it's just been elevated because it's got it's brought back like Linda Hamilton and uh, and, and she's kind of like the the focal point of the film and all this stuff. The I'm just press like, no. tour for
1: it was fucking amazing. I yeah. Did you send me that video? The IGN one where they answer questions. Or questions. Yeah,
0: I can't remember if it was me or Nate.
1: I can't remember I've who it was. A couple but of them. fucking hell, that destroyed me. That was amazing. That was spectacular. They're talking, I said like, the one
0: where Arnold was reading quotes from other films.
1: Oh yeah, that was amazing. That was spectacular. See, this this is what I'm talking about. Like the yeah the the <laughs> questions one. The, I like the there's that one. Um, oh, you guys need to get Robert Patrick back for this movie as well. And Linda's like. Uh, Linda Hamilton goes... Oh... Robert Patrick asked... <laughs> sent in this question... <laughs> like, she's got fucking... She's got so much shade... It's spectacular... I want her to, I want her in everything... She... She's amazing... She's like giving the Arnie shit... And... Yeah... Finishes it off by telling... Telling whoever asked the question to fuck themselves... Like... She's amazing... She's the best... Uh... So I can forgive people for thinking... After that press tour... Yeah... And Arnie like mm. reading quotes from other fucking movies... I can forgive people for thinking this movie was going to be good, because, you know, it's using all the best ingredients. Uh, Yeah. But it doesn't use them properly. Like, it needs
0: more... It needs Arnold to be more involved in it. What, 30 Um, years
1: younger or something?
0: No, no, just, like... I I don't know, but just, like, have him do stuff that is more interesting than what you've got him doing in this film. Because, like when he is doing the stuff you're like the biggest laughs in the cinema or the biggest like reactions that the crowd was giving was when he was doing stuff yeah um and instead they try and put these other characters that we kind of don't really give a shit about um in front and center like Lyndall Hamm- Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger are like the two characters you would kind of want yeah in the front and center and they're not doing that they're putting these other characters out in front and you're just like I don't care about these people like mm-hmm. what are you doing <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, do, I don't like it. Oh, I was fucking Edward not. in it? Is he in it? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about spoilers in terms of what's going on with okay. John Connor's character. Okay, fine, don't worry
1: about it. Um, but I
0: will say, the first, like, 30 minutes, sort of the the setup is, is really cool. Uh, and then you're just, like, waiting for stuff to sort of pay off. And then you get to the end and you're like, why the fuck, like, why was this movie made?
1: Right. <laughs> It doesn't
0: make any sense. Fair enough. Uh, Um,
1: Well, speaking of uh, situations where you can't understand why it's getting the good reviews that it's getting.
2: Hmm.
1: Let's use that as an awkward segue into Death Stranding again. Uh, Because we talked about it last week. And uh, this was pointed out to me by a very helpful uh, Kojima fanboy... Uh, who... That's was, a Kojima fanboy? No, just a uh, just, uh, general... Um, he, he didn't go that far. Uh, was it Mark Sarrells? It wasn't. Um, who, he also hated this film. Um, film? Uh, sorry, game. Um, yeah, no, it was pointed out to me... Film might be actually more accurate. The best parts of the, the game are... Parts where you put your fucking controller down. But um, anyway... Uh, yeah he he uh apparently went through literally every review and anyone who said anything negative about it uh he tweeted at them to let them know how wrong they were with screenshots of the open critic uh current rating because it mm. was uh it it actually got something like 15 it's got currently something like 15 or 16 flawless 100 out of 100 reviews Hmm. Uh, so 10 out of 10s. It's got 10 out of 10s across the fucking board. Uh, and only a handful of, uh, negative reviews. And so, uh, this, this person evidently listened to our podcast. Uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know if he's still listening. I'm sure he's a, he's a new fan. Uh, especially if he likes <laughs> swearing. Um, but yeah, uh, he listened to the podcast and uh, grabbed out a, a particular quote and used that to you know, throw it in my face how wrong I was. Uh, last week I called it, I said it was going to be the NBA dunk contest, uh, which wherein I figured everyone was going to dunk on this game uh, because it's trash. Um, it's bad. It's a bad game. Uh, I was obviously wrong, uh, in the sense that, uh, not everyone dunked on it. Uh, but, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but like lots of, lots of NBA stars just opt out of the dunk contest. They just choose to never do it. Um, and, uh, I guess that's what's happened. They chose a, a bunch of reviewers chose to not participate in the dunk contest. Uh, and, uh, well, was, well, was worse off for it. You know, all I'm saying is LeBron needs to get up in the dunk contest. Although in a lot of ways, see, that's, that's how, that's when I realized that I'm not the LeBron James of video games reviews, uh, because while I am the best in the world, uh, obviously I retired for two years, uh, and, uh, who's the best in the world uh, uh, who retired for two years? Uh. Michael Jordan. That's right it is. I'm the Michael Jordan of reviews. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and I'm back, baby. Uh, esports was my baseball, and uh, I wasn't forced to go into esports for gambling-related reasons. Um, anyway. The difference
0: was <laughs> Michael Jordan didn't win any awards for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's that's why I'm better than MJ. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway anyway yeah uh thanks f- so much for pointing that out uh yeah it wasn't a dunk contest i was flabbergasted i was on the, i went on the ign podcast. uh i don't know if anyone uh listening to this also listens to that uh but uh they do it is it's a three three and a half hour long episode uh because whenever i'm on it or whenever nate is on it it's always three times as long as they'd like it to be but uh, yeah, it's a fucking it's like an hour of sketch comedy and then some game discussion tacked on the end. They write mm. the most elaborate fucking sketches. Uh, they go all in. I love their sketches. Um, the the only the only thing uh, about this one in particular, this sketch in particular, is they wrote it knowing I was coming on, and they wrote it. Um, where I give them shit for not putting out podcasts more regularly because they uh, like they go months at a time sometimes uh, without putting up a an app um, and uh, so yeah uh, I dunk on them for for not putting uh, podcasts out more regularly because obviously the gap the best podcast around um, mm. is regular. Is, is as regular as an old man eating his prunes. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Tristan reviewed it for IGN. And I got to see a sneak peek of his review, uh, which I enjoyed a lot. And uh, I, I thought it was really on point and a world-class ending. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of like really clever ways to frame his points. Because uh, as he's one of their primary video editors as well. Um, So I think he goes into it thinking about the sort of video he wants to make while he's writing the script. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, he's a veteran video game uh, reviewer. So, yeah, I think it's a really nice, like, melding of two things he's he's quite, like, really fucking good at. Or three things he's really good at. Analyzing games, writing, and, uh, and... Video creation. Anyway, um, yeah, we t- we spoke about fucking death training it on end, and the podcast goes longer than normal because we were it was a Friday and we we're ha- ripping tinnies and uh, waiting for the six o one embargo to lift
2: hmm.
1: because we wanted to see how the like what the reaction was like, and w- I was genuinely expecting it to be pretty evenly split. I figured there'd be uh some high skewing scores, uh a couple a handful of um like tens and then like as many I thought it would have ended up in sixes, like around the six That's, or seven I, mark. I think I may have did I say that last week on the podcast or I don't I don't know. I was definitely thinking it. I definitely thought it was gonna be mid middle six. Yeah. I thought that yeah, Tristan's six point eight would be around the, like, bang on centre. Like, what the Metacritic mm. average would be. Uh, way off. I was way off. Uh, evidently, people outside of Australia fucking love this game. People inside of Australia did not. Uh, and whether or not that means that Australians generally hate having to walk long distances... I don't know. Uh, like I don't understand the cultural divide that uh, exists there, except there is only one common element in uh, in in the entire affair, and that is that generally I have held uh, I've long held the belief that if uh, if there was an NBA of game reviews. ...it would be in Australia... ...because... ...like we are... ...what Korea is... ...to fucking Overwatch... ...we are what America is... ...to basketball... ...Australia is to... ...game reviews... ...uh... ...what... ...Brazil is to... ...football... ...or... Brazilian Jiu Jitsu... ...or whatever... ...like we are the fucking... ...I honestly think... ...that we are the best in the world... ...and the reason... ...for that... And I know this is hyper wanky. It's such a wanky thing to say. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Uh, I've always thought it because I've always, you know, it's what's going to happen, right? Water finds its own level, right? And if the Michael Jordan of fucking game reviews lives in Australia, then everyone else has to lift their game just to like compete on the same level. Everyone else has to fucking really work to get to the same fucking base level as uh, your old pal Joe Gilroy. Because uh, I'm the best. I'm the fucking best. Uh, and what else can you do, right? You got to get up there, and that's why I think uh, Australia tends to be the best at this shit. Uh, but the alternative, the ol- other, the other uh, possibility is that I am a toxic influence, uh, a toxic presence uh, that has negatively influenced uh, everyone. Uh, who wrote about their games but that takes away a lot of autonomy a lot of fucking um, a lot of uh, power from from people who wrote their own stuff Uh, and also I was pretty careful to not share my opinions on the game before because I'm pretty aware I'm fairly aware that uh, I have um, I'm pretty overbearing at times I can be overbearing uh, I can be pretty, like, dominating in a conversation. I don't like to be, but I just sort of love the sound of my own voice and get distracted sometimes with, like, just the many different paths, you know, my the pathways that my ADD takes me down while I'm talking about something, you know? Like, how I've, I started talking about Death Stranding and somehow I'm talking about fucking my influence on reviews that like that pretty that sums up pretty well a how self-absorbed i am and b how fucking erratic i am on these these topics uh anyway with that in in mind um i was pretty careful to not like to deliberately not influence uh people's thoughts pre-review because we did have discussions uh, about about the games. And I was very careful to make sure that they established their opinion before I said anything. Uh, they'd be like, Oh, Joe, what are you thinking? And I'd be like, I don't know, what, what, what do you think? And then they'd be like, I fucking hate it. And then I would be like, Oh, thank God! Because Jesus Christ. Uh yeah. So, this, this is less about Death Stranding, more about Death Stranding reviews, but I do have stuff to say about Death Stranding. Uh, just quickly, yeah. I, I think that also it comes down to the, um,
0: and it's the thing we discussed a lot of, just the, the breadth of, re- like the review numbering system that we've got. It's true. The, um, the, z- the zero to 10 isn't really a thing that we see a lot of. It's more of like the, the five to 10, yeah. and then sort of like the seven being the average where I feel like a lot of us down here are using the the whole number system. (laughs) Yes. Which is why a lot of the Australian reviews were below the, well, were around the five mark. Uh, There was definitely some that were up there. Yeah. Um, I don't know who was the highest. Was it? uh, I Um, I saw some stuff floating around. Press start. Um, Press start was the highest with an eight? I believe so, yes. Yeah. But like to give you an idea. Oh no, um, digitally
1: downloaded. Gave it a 10.
0: I don't know who that is. Right. Um, to give you an idea, here we go. Game Informer says here, the real I don't, I'm not picking out Game Informer just because, but I know how their review structuring works and I don't agree with Game Informer's review structure. They've yeah. publicly said this how it works. Uh, it says here, this is the uh, Metacritic sort of blurb. The real issue is that Death Stranding's gameplay really is as simple as it appears to be and the elements around it, the story, combat, and lackluster mission objectives aren't satisfying enough anchor the title and get players invested that's the 7
1: yeah yeah right
0: and i know that their review structure is basically you can go look at it and like the 7 is sort of like their average yeah um and so you end up with these weighted reviews that <laughs> are more like i've talked about in the past i did this whole thing where i tried to do the um uh, it was years, years years back where i tried to do like how do we make a rotten tomatoes for video games and it's impossible like you can't do it um even if you get the point where you make eight an average the majority of triple a games end up being 100% yeah which is not the right way you end up you know rotten tomatoes is very different it's either a must play or a um you know a pass a fresh or rotten um and i think they go through um, it's like a specific score that the reviewer can give it, whether or not like you recommend it or you don't recommend. Yeah, it.
1: but the, the reviewer that... can say whether it's fresh or wrong. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's not necessarily a, a two and a half stars out of five stars or whatever, but it's it's more or less like a up. It's more or less like a three or somewhere around there, like three stars out of five. But you take that exact format and put it into video games, and I've done the numbers. Like you take the. Um, the top twenty games and they're all hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and then if you move that slider up so you're like, all right, let's move the the average to like make, let's make an eight instead of a six. Or or, or even lower it will make the average a six instead of the eight. Like it's still a hundred like hundred percent. And you get the odd occasion where it's like a ninety five percent. You're like that's just how broken this review review scaling system is. The idea that a seven I think is an though, I honestly
1: think fucked. though, I still think you should like you should do it anyway. To show, like, at some point, right, I believe that it would start out as being utterly useless. Like, unbelievably uninformative to people because they wouldn't get anything out of it, right? It'd just be 100% 100 across the fucking board, right? That would be a bad thing, right? But... Over time, if, if it developed enough influence, if the, the stark, glaring, obvious factor that reviews uh, skew way too high in general uh, became too apparent, then there is a chance that it may have an impact on the way people think about the way they score things. Like, hmm. it may, may not... And, and, like, over time, it would become useful as a result... Uh, it would become a useful endeavor uh, as people adjusted their scoring systems to, right. to uh, out of I don't know dismay at the the way that games are scored. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I do. think... I mean, it, at the very like least, it you... would be fucking. It'd be worth showcasing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe I'll get around to it doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Stage, but if you were to look at like Tristan's review, do you feel like that reads like a six point eight on IGN scale? It does. That's the thing, right? Because sure. I've been in that fucking, I've been in that machine, right? I've worked in that machine, and uh, yeah, on the way IGN re- like scores games, it does. They but they mm-hmm. they've got a US head office, right? Sure. This is why I had so many fucking such lengthy discussions. About the scoring system, uh, uh, scoring system where I did uh, Doom and Call of Duty uh, a couple of years ago, because um, yeah, it's 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 not how we tend to do things down here, right? Uh, it's it's a it's culturally different. Uh, Australia definitely uses more of a fucking scale, and America definitely doesn't. Um, but yeah. So yeah I, I, f- I feel like if it was on the
0: Australian scale we, we, we would have had like the three lowest reviews for it because we've got survivors a 3.5 yeah gamers is a six yeah and then IGN written by an Australian is a 6.8 yeah um, and then there's stuff that aren't even on Metacritic but you'll find open Critic that are also Australian reviews stuff like powerup also did not 3.5 like oh yeah
1: 3.5 and uh yeah about a 3.5 player2.net uh .au uh D it says it's unscored but I gave it a D give me a favour
0: anyway um on, on my open critic yeah yeah you probably have to go in and change it yeah. have you, you like you can claim your open critic page oh okay I do know
1: um anyway so yeah yeah Uh, yeah, I didn't think Ausgamers necessarily read like a six either. I thought they read lower. Um, maybe a five tops, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. It doesn't matter. The scores don't matter. Like, it's the reading that matters. It's the words at the end of the day that matters. I understand, you know, obviously we've, we've spoken at length about scores on this podcast. But, uh, yeah. Like, I... It took me fucking three minutes to fucking score on it, right? I navigated to the uh, the how we score. I read yeah. the how we score, and then I worked out how the score, how the game, uh, how the review read. Um, but writing five thousand words that took me a significantly. ...more effort and... Uh, ...yeah I'd prefer it if... ...all of those words weren't dismissed... ...because I gave it the letter D... ...at the end... ...I'd prefer it if uh, all of those words... ...weren't dismissed... ...for Survivor... ...because he put a fucking 3.5 on it... ...or whatever 3 out of 10 on it... ...you know like... ...yeah the scores don't matter... Uh, ...it's mm-hmm. the words that matter... <coughs> ...it'd be nice if uh, the score is married close to the, the words in all cases. Because, yeah, I, I think uh, it's the it's the eights and nines that read like fives that are a lot more pressing an issue than a 6.8 from IGN, uh, which reads like an IGN 6.8 or maybe a mm-hmm. 6.1. I don't know. It's 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 a hundred point system, right? Like it is wherever you feel it lands on the day, right? Uh, yeah, I think the nine is giving like, that read. Like the read, well, you you know it's repetitive and you'll do the same thing a lot. And the storytelling isn't very good. And you mostly just walk from one place to another. But it's the game of the year, right? Hmm. Those are a lot more of an issue in my opinion than yeah. Uh someone who rips into it and then gives it a, a middling score, right? Like or who says it's a middling game and then gives it a middling score. Uh yeah. that makes more sense to me than, yeah, the many high scores that read like Holy shit, I don't I don't know if you're gonna like this, right? That's the thing, right? Over and over and over again. I do think that like there must be There must be... I've been racking my brain about this, right? Because I've been fucking twisting myself in knots, right? As I always do whenever I feel like I'm an outlier, right? But I've been twisting myself in knots trying to work out what went wrong, right? Did I go wrong? Did I get this wrong? Am I incorrect? Am I capable of being incorrect? I don't think so, right? Uh, I don't think I am, but... It's probably possible. I haven't seen it happen, uh, but there's potential for it to occur. Uh, that said, I don't think it happened here. Like, my first thought was, did I just never... You know, in puzzle games, you think with portals, right? Uh, which is my you know general term for finally marrying up with the, the mindset that you require to... Uh, fall into a a world uh, puzzle, like, design, right? Like, uh, thinking of the portals simply meant, like, Mm. whenever you looked at a space, by the end of Portal and Portal 2, you were able to look at it in a way that would allow you to, like, very quickly traverse whatever obstacles were in your way. Uh, I mean, it also
0: helped that they painted a white wall where you are supposed to put the portal, but also...
1: Of course, but, like, <laughs> later on in both games, when, you know, the factories were breaking down and stuff, uh, that wasn't as possible, and, you know, you had to splotch your own paint places, and, like, you could dramatically change that sort of stuff. Uh, the other game that I... Uh, what was that fucking robot one? Uh, Cube? No, Summing Paradox, maybe? Not, 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 uh, I don't know. Anyway, there was another, another puzzle game that I really liked. First person puzzle game that I really fucking liked. Um, like. I'll look it up. Uh, it was, yeah, and you were a robot. Like, went deep on the AI sentience type concept. Uh, anyway. Talos principle. Talos principle, yeah. I was real close with paradox. Uh, anyway. (laughs) Um. Yeah, uh. Like, that one, I, I was... I was think, thinking in... In robot... Puzzles, and... Uh... Before I got... Extremely burned out on, um... On that Jonathan Blow game... With the line puzzles... Uh... I was... Yeah. I was thinking in line puzzles, like... There is definitely a zen moment... In... Puzzle games... Where you fall into the line of thinking required to become absorbed in the world and I was wondering if that's what I was supposed to do in Death Stranding if there was some sort of like some sort of fundamental uh, line of thinking that I just wasn't uh, approaching like I read all these reviews and they the way they talk about them the the game is so divorced from the experience I had uh, and and I just couldn't understand it right like I didn't have I never yeah I just I'd never ran into any issues and I was watching the I was watching one at, I, I, some review I can't remember which one it might have been uh the Tim Tim what's his face Tim Tim Guy the Kotaku video review uh, okay Tim Rogers the Tim Rogers Death Straining review is an hour long And he reviews it from, like, eight different perspectives. He reviews it as uh, a Kojima production. He reviews it as a book, a movie, a game, etc., etc. He basically covers off all all facets. And it's quite entertaining. Uh, I don't ultimately agree with a lot of it, but he hits so many fucking different uh, angles that I guess you're, you know there's something you can enjoy like agree with amongst it. Uh, but it's, I don't feel like it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a cop out in that sense. Uh, but it's more about entertainment than it is about, uh, like it's, it's definitely critically, uh, critical analysis, but I think it's more focused on entertainment than drawing or offering a conclusion. Anyway, um, I think like they, they, it's described as the dark souls of walking simulators, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they talk like a lot of reviews talks about this uh, the the need to concentrate on every single footstep you make, right? Like you you need to like be sure of every step you take, uh, and there's something zen about focusing so uh, intensely on every footstep, right? Like, suddenly, uh, instead of focusing on, you know, the parry timing, uh, you're focusing on where your next step is going to be. Uh, and I feel like anyone who's described it as the Dark Souls of walking simulators or Dark Souls or anything, fundamentally misunderstands what Dark Souls does uh, on, a, on, on such a deep level uh, that they... Should not be allowed to talk about Dark Souls because uh, Dark Souls does not it it, <laughs> it 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 reduces Dark Souls to difficulty, right? Yeah, and then and and then aligns Death Stranding with that difficulty uh, because uh, the movement system in Death Stranding is inherently obtuse uh, in that you will find yourself in situations where you'll fall over uh, or, you know, struggle to maintain balance uh, because because it's designed that way. It's designed to make you essentially struggle or fail. And that's, but that's not challenge, right? That is that like the, the way that it, ...the struggle is implemented... ...is not via... ...careful... Uh, ...implementation of systems... ...it's... ...via... Uh, ...I guess... ...sloppy animations... ...and... Mm-hmm. ...a... uh ...hodgepodge of... ...combined... Um, ...like... ...traversal systems that... ...ultimately don't work... ...well together... Uh, so you will struggle to maintain balance unless you take a fuck ton of time, right? So the analogy, the 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 parallel to Dark Souls is that you need to know when to strike, right? You you can't just sprint at a boss and then ru- chop, 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 chop and expect to live. You need to like mm-hmm. chop once, chop twice, and then. Duck away, right? Uh, and Death Stranding requires you to walk forward three steps and then wait for your stamina to recover very slowly because you have to hold on to your fucking. the straps of your. Uh, of your backpack. Uh, otherwise, you'll fall over, right? That's. that's the boss fight of Death Stranding is walking up a hill and knowing when to allow your stamina to recover lest you fall over. Because you lost your balance for largely no reason. It's, it's, it's a sloppy analogy really, in my opinion. And there isn't any, like at the end of the day, the challenge doesn't exist in Death training. Like there isn't any challenge. You don't even need to do that. All that, like you don't need to concentrate on your balance all that much. Eventually Uh, it just, it, it's just tedium, right? Like it's literally just, there's no, uh, there's no, like there are only a few hard fails in the game. Mm. And so, uh, when you don't hard fail or like there's no stakes, there's no stakes. There's no, uh, actual challenge beyond walking forward. Like plotting, you're not some sort of fucking mountaineer, right? You're not plotting out the perfect course, uh, the perfect course is the one that gets you there the fastest, uh, because it allows you to ignore it to skip past the unending tedium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it 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 yeah doesn't put you through it quite as much boredom. That's the perfect path. There is no oh well. I'm going to drop my waypoint here and here and here and here. And then, you know, that that's the perfect path so that I can weave through these areas. Uh, oh, and I need to dodge these BTs, so I'll, I'll have to actually uh, divert 50 meters to the left. No, that's not it. The perfect path is a straight line to your fucking destination, right? And once, like, once you learn that, there's, there's zero challenge. I... So, I moved on. I, I moved on from, was I thinking with... I was thinking with Death Stranding, right? I was thinking in Stranding. I was thinking in portals. Now, I think that the people who gave it tens maybe never reached that point. Because, in my opinion, right, thinking in Stranding, thinking in uh, in the manner of the, the way that you're supposed to play the game, or maybe not supposed to play the game, but thinking in the matter of successfully playing the game is uh, playing Death Stranding in the most efficient way possible, uh, which is to maximize your uh, ability as a fucking delivery boy, right? Hmm. And I think anyone plotting wide-bearing paths to dodge uh, BTs or whatever... They are not thinking and stranding. Uh, I think the, the split comes from the people who believe that role-playing as uh, Sam Porter Bridges, right? Playing the role of Sam. and What would Sam Porter Bridges do? What would I do if this were real life? I think they might be the people who thought it was a 10. And those who thought... Who who felt that there was no connection between player and player character like me, who just went for whatever was most efficient as a box delivery person, uh, yeah. they are the ones who scored it low, right? They're, that's I think where the divide is. But for me, right, I think that the systems in place in Death Stranding do not encourage or earn. ...a connection between player and player character... ...there are... <clears throat> ...ample... ...ample... ...uh... ...systems in Death Stranding... ...that simply... ...don't matter... ...uh... ...I went and did a test... ...this... ...you're gonna put this out... ...tomorrow, right? Yes... ...yes, tomorrow... It's Friday... ...do it tomorrow... ...because there's one file embargo... Uh, and, uh, and then we can never talk about this game again. Um, so there's, yeah, there's one more embargo, but I will talk about it now and yeah, we can skip talking about Death Stranding can be relegated to just, uh, my furious outrage when it inevitably wins the game of the year at the Game Awards, uh, and renders the Game Awards to be a joke forever. Um, so yeah, Death Stranding, uh... I went and did some testing. There's a system in place in death training. Uh, you're, it tells you explicitly: do not kill people. You get a fucking phone call or a codec call uh, saying, if you kill someone, you have to dispose of their bodies. It is straight up: you are not to kill people. You are not to kill people, uh, and you, in a lot of cases, cannot kill people. Uh, in a lot of a lot of things that should kill people, don't kill people. But if you specifically attempt to, you will kill kill someone. Things that don't mm-hmm. kill people. Running them over in a truck. Backing that truck over up over their body and then running over a couple of the times. That's just a KO, right? They will be KO'd. They will not die. Uh, so you don't have to worry about it. I think it's because at, that, at the point where you're, you've got trucks and you've got human enemies, uh, I believe uh, it hasn't yet uh, in, in, introduced the concepts of uh, what happens to someone who's murdered. Uh, I did wig onto the idea very early, but I couldn't work out how to kill them. So, uh, it, it wasn't a thing. Uh, you can't kill them by drowning them. Uh, something I tried a lot. Uh, you can, uh, it is a extremely efficient. I think I talked about it. It's an extremely efficient way of, uh, knocking enemies out, uh, because normally you'd have to bowler them. So you hmm. shoot your bowler and it ties them up, uh, and they fall over on the spot, and then you have to go knock them out; otherwise, they'll struggle free, right? But if you walk over and kick them in the face, uh, they get knocked out. Alternatively, if you bowl them while they're in the water, they get knocked out immediately. And yeah, it's just a it's a quicker way to go about things. You just wait on one side of a fucking river, they walk across the river, you bowl them when they get there. That that doesn't kill them, even though they are unconscious and their hands are bound and they're in a river. Apparently that doesn't kill them. Um, Only way to kill them... uh, Is to shoot them with lethal weapon... uh, Lethal rounds. Uh, So you've got... Lethal and non-lethal rounds. You've... Eventually got fucking all kinds of shit. Uh, A bunch of different rounds. Um, But yeah. Anyway. So if you do shoot them with lethal rounds... uh, And you make sure they're dead by walking up to their... Their... Probable corpse and emptying another fucking... 50 bullets into them, right? Uh, they die, and you get a codec call from Die Hardman, it says, you need to dispose of those bodies. It is imperative. You cannot leave um, dead bodies around. You should try not to kill people, but if you do kill someone, you have to dispose of their body. I assume, it doesn't really go into detail as to where you're supposed to dispose of them, but there are, there's an incinerator where you take your mum's corpse, uh, and you dump your mum's corpse off in the incinerator, Uh, I assume you can probably dump corpses into the incinerator. Um, and the other, other area, uh, is a tar pit. Uh, apparently that is a good way to get rid of bodies. Uh, I guess. Anyway, um, so you can dump bodies in tar pits and you can dump bodies in incinerators. I did an experiment. I went to an early portion of the game I found... I got my lethal weapons... Uh... Both... Uh, rigs and Murtar... Uh... And... Uh... I... Started murdering cunts... Uh... Just wholesale... Just fucking... If, if they existed in this area... They died... Um... Just fucking... Boom... Headshot... Uh... And down they'd go... A couple of them died in the river... A couple of them... Uh... Died on the river banks... Uh... Yeah... Easy peasy. Uh, then I furthered my experiments by... I body bagged some of them. So I walked up uh, to the dudes in the river, put them in bags and I carried them and I dumped them on the, on the riverbank. I'd left the other guys in like on the spot, just corpses on the ground. right? And then I went and I sat uh, about 200 metres away, close enough that I could see uh, the bodies but uh, not so close that I would, I guess, be caught in a theoretical void out. And then I waited uh, in real time for an hour in-game. So time passes in the game at the same rate as in real time, uh, even though there's no day-night cycle. Uh, So I waited for an hour, which is, according to a conversation you have early on, uh, long enough, I believe, to for a void out to take place. I have to get that, sorry.
2: A few moments later.
1: Nick Offerman uh. Whiskey. Should we try it out? Smite. We're an unboxing YouTube channel now. Uh, Lagervulin Offerman Edition 11 year. Uh, should we have a taste? taste should I, should I unbox the shoes <laughs> don't you fucking
0: do try and put them on
1: <laughs> try and put them on you fucking clown feet motherfucker um alright here we go yeah let pop oh my lord it smells like fucking medicine I wasn't actually going to get this um I made a mistake but Anyway, uh, this is... So, I don't know if you've watched uh, Parks and Recs. Well, oh boy, but, have I. But, uh, yeah, Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson uh, has a, a love of... Uh, oh, my God, it's so pity. Of um, Lagavulin. It's his favourite whiskey. And uh, they've got a Offerman edition... Whiskey out. Uh, actually, that's pretty nice. Pretty good. Anyway. So. I conducted an experiment. Uh, I uh, I went deep. Waited an hour. Real time. I had my laptop in front of me. Doing some work. Uh, occasionally moving the PlayStation controller. So that it wouldn't... If the controller disconnects. Um... The game stops moving forward, uh, like mm-hmm. pauses. So I had to, yeah, keep that going. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Moved. I built a timefall shelter. Uh, I tried to fast-forward time. But you can only fast-forward time if uh, it's raining for whatever reason. So I had to go uh, build another timefall shelter in a space where it was raining uh, so that I could then fast-forward time. Anyway, I did that. Uh, this took me another 20 minutes, uh, give or take. And then I fast-forwarded time another hour. Two hours, two and a half hours uh, at this point have passed. Uh, so I go back. Uh, I couldn't do this in visual range of the of the bodies, unfortunately, because uh, the rain wasn't near the fucking bodies. Go back and, uh, yeah, bodies are still there. Uh, there's no sign of bloating or uh, anything. They're just there, and then I'm like, okay, well, cool. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I fast traveled. Uh, I fast traveled away to another area. So not to mm-hmm. another safe house, but specifically to. There's th- three zones on the on the game yep. map. Sp- went to the middle zone and then fast traveled back immediately, which. If you've watched uh, IGN's video review, is a major pain in the dick. But I did it anyway for science. And then I traveled back to where the bodies were, and they disappeared. And uh, there was no void out crater. There was no uh, BTs, uh, which are the ghosts, uh, which mm-hmm. is what you're specifically threatened with if you leave corpses around. There was nothing like that. Um, yeah. So, cool. Uh, that didn't matter at all. Uh, killing people doesn't matter, and it's pretty indicative of the way the systems work in this game, because uh, yeah, it tells you that you'll be able to, like, you'll be told when BTs are around, uh, but they're in extremely specific places at all times. Uh, it tells you that you know you can build a time shelter to fast forward the rain, but uh, that literally doesn't matter. Uh, in in the grand scheme of things, because uh, nothing you ever carry is carried for long enough for it to get damaged enough by timefall uh, to impact uh, the results of your delivery uh, enough for it to matter. So there's no point in waiting in a timefall shelter. At best, when you go to a timefall shelter, the timefall shelter is basically a umbrella an umbrella structure that sits in rain areas and when you walk up to it yeah you can speed up time to wait out the rain Mm -hmm. uh, which like I'm saying is pointless or the other other thing is it um, it will spray like it it sprays everything on your backpack with uh, anti-aging chemical I guess uh, so that it deages, rusts all your boxes. Uh, right. Anyway, there's no fucking. And then you can't use what's in the boxes anymore.
0: No, you just can't no, open the boxes.
1: No, it fixes. It fixes that. Right. So if you walk up to, if they get rusted, it, they they get, oh, okay. get damaged easier to falls and stuff. Uh, yeah. But if yeah, you undo the rust with this time fork shelter, then. The alternative is to just not fucking fall or drop a box, which is literally your job anyway. So think that one through. Um, Yeah, anyway, so the rain doesn't matter. The rain, it tells you that you can look at the weather forecast and find out when it's going to rain, but that doesn't fucking matter either. Uh, BTs, I haven't seen... I never saw BT show up in a space that wasn't specifically a BT area. Um, So... Yeah, you can put signs down about BTs, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah, there are a whole bunch of systems in this game that uh, pretend like they are... uh, Important. Like Like,
0: like Senua's Sacrifice when it was telling you that, oh, you you know, you can't... uh, Don't die so many times because if you die too much, then it'll just... uh, Like the game will end, whereas that is not actually true.
1: Yes. Exactly, yes. systems that are lies. right? It reminds me of a magic trick, but it's not a magic trick I like. Uh, you know, I, I want to be tricked in, I, I want to be tricked in magic in, in illusions, Michael, and I want to be tricked <laughs> in video games as well. but if I can see through it without any fucking effort at all, it's a bad trick. Uh, both illusionists and fucking video games. And that's what's happening with Death Stranding, is that it's it's it utterly transparent. There's no fucking mystery here. I can see what's happening, and I don't like it. Uh, so yeah, anyway. That's, that's, that's that, I guess. Um, long story short, don't get Death Stranding. Are you, are you doing anything with this stuff that you're talking about? Like putting a video up to... Challenge all these systems? That no, was the fucking point. Um, no, I, uh, I move, I've i moved into the meme phase of, uh, of video game criticism uh, right. in that I have the greatest, the most amazing fucking uh, joke images going up tomorrow. Uh, so by the time this goes out, uh, and that's about it. That's about all I'll right. do about desk training. Uh, unless someone specifically asks me to go in depth on this shit. Um, yeah, because I didn't get, I didn't get paid for my piece on player AU. Not that I mm-hmm. asked them for money. I specifically gave it to them for free. Uh, I mentioned this on the IGN podcast and I mentioned it briefly last week, but, uh, you know, be explicit about it now. Uh, the idea of doing a too long review. Did you read my entire review, Luke?
2: The whole um,
1: or 5,000. I'm pretty words? sure I did. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, didn't you? Yes, I did. Cause you sent it to me. I sent it to you. To you. read. Yeah. yeah. You've had, you've had, you had an extra three days. Um, no, because see, I, I was at, uh,
0: I was at BlizzCon. And I stayed up to the embargo cause it was midnight here uh, yeah. and I read a bunch of other reviews and I thought, people were on crazy pills
1: <laughs> yes uh i thought i was taking crazy pills um anyway oh man still medicining um so i uh i don't expect everyone to have read my entire review because uh, it is extremely long but mm-hmm. the idea behind doing an extremely long review and i mentioned it Vaguely, I vaguely refer to it in the review itself. I've spoken about it on, on last week's episode, and I spoke about it uh, in, in explicit details on the podcast, and uh, now I'm straight up saying it. Uh, if you couldn't make it through that entire review, and if you thought it was self-indulgent, and self-referential, and quite repetitive, you're not going to like death Training Because it is all those things like Death Straining and that review specifically make the same mistakes analogies that don't work uh, repeating the same concepts way too much uh, way too wordy overly verbose yeah they're the same deal the whole baby thing that you did in there oh yeah the entire baby thing uh, <laughs> yeah Seriously, uh, it's it's yeah, it's, it's supposed to give you. I went next. There's a reason I'm Michael Jordan a fucking review in video games, it's because I went fucking next level in this shit. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the truth. If you like mm-hmm. if you did read the entire thing, that doesn't mean you're gonna like Death Stranding either. Uh, it just means you don't have ADD. Uh, but yeah... If, if you re- if you couldn't get through that whole thing... And, and you thought I was a bit of a wanker... Halfway through... You're not going to get... Through Death Stranding... I guarantee it... Uh, and that doesn't even... Get into the... The gameplay... Elements... It's just... The way the game is constructed... Is... It designed... To make it a slog... It is a fucking slog... My reviews are slog... And... It's an entertaining slog, an occasionally entertaining mm-hmm. slog, uh, but it is a slog, and that's what that Stranding is. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm interested
0: to play some. It's out... Um, yeah, it'll be out by the time people hear this, so I think it's out Friday
1: for us here. Yeah, it's out it's Friday, Friday for us too. Friday around the world, it's unlocking literally midnight around the world. So, uh, yeah, we got um. Our, our embargo is, is a shifting embargo, but it's basically at 12 a.m. in New Zealand is the embargo so 10 a.m. here uh, 10 p.m. here
2: yeah
0: cool yeah all right keen to check that out um The Outer Worlds is here still um Mm. have you had a chance to play yeah I played it for an hour
1: and it deleted my fucking save game which I wasn't thrilled by I'm gonna be honest uh (laughs) So I had to do that first hour again. Uh, You couldn't restore it? No, absolutely not. Uh, I don't know what happened. Um, Yeah. Uh, I did get like an error at the start of it that told me that um, cloud saves weren't working. And so I think there must have been some sort of like, maybe it tried to restore a cloud save or something that didn't exist or something like that. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, it fucked up, uh, and it just—it wasn't there. Uh, there was this no... is through um, uh, the Microsoft Store,
0: yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this... there's a thread here. I just looked up. Yeah. Uh some dude says that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a thread here, and it says you can you can find the save game folder, and um, apparently uh, I... there's like different
1: <clears throat> folders or some shit. Well, I could I didn't see different folders. I only found the one Save going folder and it was empty. It was full blown empty. Uh, but I say like I went back and did it all again and it saved. And yeah. Yeah. I just I'm not into it, man. So far. Like I'm not digging it so far. It just I don't know. But I haven't How even far did it you it. say you're in better now? I have I haven't like I'm just outside the first town. I figured I'd Save there and go in. So, like, I've done a lot of exploring, like, rolling around and looking at other stuff and whatever. Right. Uh, But I haven't gone into the town itself. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But once you get into that town is when you start getting the, like, quests that sort
0: of take you outside of that area. Like, it'll... um, You start doing stuff inside of the town. You kind of go into each of the, uh, sort of, Shops and different buildings that they've got in there, and eventually you talk to named characters, and they give you quests that you can go on, and um, that sort of leads you outside of the main town, and you can start walking around and exploring. And that's kind of the part where you can, you know, you'll venture out and you'll just run into some something that's happening on the side of the road or out in a corner somewhere that kind of takes you off. Um,
1: Yeah, and it seems like they should have put that stuff. Before then, you know, it's like pretty linear. About the, the uh, yeah, it is. It's pretty linear. So why why wouldn't you have something wacky before then? I didn't really feel like, like, I guess the ship.
0: Yeah, the ship is sort of the main introduction of like, here's a bunch of different interactions you can do, because yeah. um, you kind of get the uh it, it's super linear like it's it's literally a fucking corridor at the start that's taking you down all these yeah. um out to the main area and then you get to the ship and that's kind of the first place where you can really start to make some different decisions yeah um and then once you get to that ship then it's like all right okay, go to the town and again it's like another windy road that really draws you to the town um and then once you get out of that town you start branching off and you can kind of go in just different directions but yeah. yeah, I think that ship is the first place where it's like you can make a couple of interesting decisions of like you could just flat out attack those people or lie to them and tell them that you are the ship's owner or say that you don't know who they are or that you're part of like um, you know, the corporation. So there's a couple of different ways you can kind of approach that. I went that. Forward some
1: beasties. Yeah. And then kited the beasties back to murder other people. <laughs> right. Just, why not? Yeah. Why not? <clears throat> uh, but yeah. Uh, I just, I think I just sort of expected it. I expected something closer to the Morrowind startup. Hmm. Uh, or even Skyrim startup. This feels very channeled. You know, like yeah. you can't just, you know, you get through, you get off the cart and you get through the dragon attack in Skyrim. And then yeah. it's like, oh, go to. Whatever it is river run or whatever, and uh, and you're immediately able to just fucking just fuck go wherever, off. yeah, yeah. Or Morrowind. wind, same same deal, right? You get off the boat and you can immediately just go fuck off wherever. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's not the case, yep. no. Yeah,
0: I mean it, it is. You can definitely go off and do your own thing, but it's it's because the world is not. You're on planets or you're in specific locations, so it's a lot smaller. Yeah. It's not like, see that mountain over there? You can go climb that mountain. Yeah. It's none of that sort of stuff. But so you can I think still I definitely was,
1: explore. Ex- I think I was expecting that sort of thing. You know, everyone sort of talks about it being Fallout. Yeah. And it's not to me yeah.
0: Once you, yeah, like like I said, once you get those yeah. first initial quests, you can definitely go out and then find things out in the world. Um, and I've done that quite a bunch where you just run into a location and you're just like, okay, what's over here? You do exp- a bit of exploration. You'll find like a hidden, hidden door that takes you somewhere. Um, and then all of a sudden that triggers like a new quest chain that goes off into a specific area. Um, or even once you leave this first planet, you then go to... A um this sort of like ship, and then that branches off again into like all right, once you th- this whole ship is basically a an area where you can talk your way through most of it. I think for the most part, I shot a couple like space rats type things, but right. this entire area, I spent a couple hours there and just talked to everybody, yeah. like didn't need to engage in combat, did a bunch of stealth stuff, um didn't have to could have shot a bunch of people if i wanted but i decided that i'd try and get through it without engaging any combat and i did that and you kind of finish that area and it's like all right you can go to this place this planet over here or this distress signal and then it starts to branch out a little bit like what choices do you want to kind of make um so that's like another area where you can sort of branch out and be like all right what choices do i want to engage in what what companion quests do i want to go and uh you know kick off and try and complete so it definitely does branch out a bit more once you get past that initial sort of thirty minutes. Um, yeah, I can see. What you, I can see what you mean. It definitely takes a little while to get going.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: Just but you can't complain about that and then say Red Dead Redemption is the greatest game in the world, which we'll talk about soon. But
1: mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, uh, anyway. So yeah, I will yeah. continue. Uh, but yeah. At this point... Uh... Disco Elysium's got me fucking... Hooked more, I think. Right. Yeah. It's got its hooks in me a lot lot harder, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. I obviously continue with the Outer Worlds. But yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna keep playing. Um, Like I said, I spent a bunch of time on this this ship... Where I just kind of talked my way through most of the quests... Um, and then I've gone off and done a couple of different planets, sort of yeah, just wandering around. The interactions with your like crew members are really cool because you can yeah. kinda of pick up different companions along the way and like you come back to your ship and Ada, who's the ship's computer, will be like, Oh, you know they're they're having a heated discussion in the kitchen and so you can go and then go up to the kitchen and see what they're talking about um you know and kind of every time you visit your ship there's having different interactions or like different crew members are talking to different types of people depending on who you've picked up or um because you don't necessarily have to have crew members you play it as a like a lone soldier or a lone wolf um and do it that way so yeah there's there's a lot of cool sort of systems that are are going on there so yeah i'm still digging it um yeah I, i just the the, the combat has definitely got to a point where it feels very easy but I haven't jacked it up yet I feel like I'm just going to cruise through it at this point um just because of the all the other things that I need to kind of play through at this stage yeah it's just busy um but yeah I'm, I'm still enjoying it cool alright uh Red Dead Redemption 2
1: yeah, yeah uh obviously this is out on PC uh I've installed it uh, I saw your screenshots my game doesn't look anything like that holy fuck <laughs> What the fuck? Uh, I'm playing on my old fucking... Uh, this It's so shameful that I'm describing a, a computer that is easily 50% more powerful than any game console, as old and tattered, but, uh, here we are, um, yeah, playing on the old battered rem- uh, remains of my fucking 1070, uh, based PC, and, uh... It looks good enough. Uh, it yeah. gets 60 frames at 1080p. Uh, and I'm fine with that, I guess. I'm just happy to play more fucking Red Dead. Um, I'm very excited. Um, we're going to do a spoiler cast, aren't we? Um, we will. Yep. Uh, reacquaint ourselves with this world. I don't think I have enough time to finish it again uh, all the way through. But uh, I-, I will definitely... Yeah, use this as an opportunity to remind myself because my, I have very clear uh, memories of the last half of Red Dead Redemption 2 and very mm-hmm. fuzzy memories of the first half so I will ma- mostly just use this to get through to chapter 3 um, and reacquaint myself with the world of Red Dead uh, which yeah uh, I absolutely loved anyway so yeah, yeah. Uh, very excited uh, for made it through basically I've just gotten John mastered again Uh, and uh, so I've got to go I guess hunt some deer and then I can go we'll move I think we move after that one right head to chapter two after the deer hunting yeah there's a couple of um, Yeah, uh, don't you do the train heist heist and that's that's it yeah yeah after the train heist
0: so I'm, I'm sort of around the same area you're at yeah as well
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks yeah. really good holy fuck it looks good on your computer i only seen screenshots obviously but jesus christ yeah it just doesn't look like that on my computer
0: yeah so i um i fired it up changed a bunch of the settings of it at 1440 megahertz sorry 1400 megahertz right. monitor um and i'm running at 1080p as well but you can use you can obviously do like um scaling and whatnot yeah with uh the nvidia stuff so i scaled it to 1440 well first i scaled it to 4k and then fired it up <laughs> it was oh, yeah. uh it was struggling to hit 60 frames on um on high or ultra can't remember which one i think it was ultra um but a lot of the benchmarks have been like yeah you can kind of just sort of make it um if you turn it down to high then it, it'll hit the 60, 60 yeah. frames so I, I, I'm currently running at 1440p on Ultra and it uh, looks pretty good. Like that screenshot i sent seen, you've got like um, the photo mode. I don't remember if photo mode was in the game when we played it or if it was, in if it was started, introduced okay. later on. I definitely remember taking photos, but I can't remember if it was after it came out. Um, but anyway, I've taken a lot of photos so far <laughs> in the game. And uh, yeah, that that one was basically towards the start of the game where you're kind of um, on horseback in the snow and yeah, like he's carrying a lantern and the lantern is like lighting up snowflakes and it looks really... Um, you've yeah. got like a, a the moonlight sort of shining through a bunch of the trees and yeah, looks really cool. Yeah. Um, looks very nice on, on PC with the upgraded graphics and, and all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, there's a bunch of new missions that they've thrown in as well. Some some content, so keen to check that out. But I think I'm going to play it as sort of like a bad guy this time around. I'm going to go the other direction. Because the last time I played it was, um, you know, good guy.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to play it as doing whatever the opposite of Micah does is. Just as far away from being anything like Micah, basically. Yeah. Uh, because fuck Micah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. I tried to shoot him so many times when you first uh, run into him again. Right. That's all I could think about, shooting him. Yeah, um,
0: so they're having a, a few technical issues, a few technical hiccups, it looks like. Um, yep. I've had two crashes, but both the times it crashed was when I was in the menu doing stuff, oh, okay. not while I was playing. Um, I think the... So
1: right, I get the feeling the... Menu is uh, uncapped frame rate. I think that might be doing it for some people. Yeah, it's doing some weird stuff. When I was running the benchmark tests,
0: I every time I changed a setting, mm. it wouldn't let me run the benchmark. I would need to exit the game and come back in. Mm-hmm. Um, it would like try and load the benchmark and then just go back into the main menu all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of times when I was fiddling around in the menus. It'll just crash, um, you know, unexpected error or something like that. But they have rolled out a couple of patches that hasn't fixed that specific problem. But I've not had it crash while I've been walking around, like, in the game yet. So, I guess we'll see. Um, But, yeah, I'm curious to see, like, yeah, I I don't know if it's how well optimized it is at the moment. Like, if it's going to take them a while to put out some updates, because... yeah, I guess we've got to we've got to see. It's a very good looking game, but mm. I guess people are a bit disappointed by the um sort of like the frame rates they're getting at the moment. Yeah, like on a high end hardware. Like if I'm hitting just sixty on a twenty eighty with a i nine <laughs> um, on fourteen forty, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not no. not kind of what we were expect- expecting, I guess.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in like, um, back in that world. I was contemplating playing it in first person, but I don't think I'm going to, I think I've I'm just going to play it in first person. You are? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Cause um, I did GTA. I played through GTA second time in first person, but yeah, I don't know. I just want to, I, I don't think I can. Yeah. I, I think I want to play it in third person.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
0: we'll definitely talk about that more. Oh, yeah. The next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. For sure but I'm, I'm keen i'm in so all right um and lastly i think this is it blizzcon yes yep. so i went to uh, blizzcon over the weekend thanks to um, blizzard hooked me up with a ticket uh, i flew myself down got my own accommodation all that sort of stuff but blizzard uh were kind enough to to get me in there so that was that was awesome of them so thank you to them um my first blizzcon you've been a
1: couple of times i feel like twice yeah twice uh yeah uh who was it lincoln park and muse that's how i remember lincoln park <laughs> and muse were the musical acts yeah that I doesn't happen to anymore. See train. i didn't get c train that's
0: the disappointing one right yeah we'll um so, yeah, BlizzCon is basically a giant Blizzard convention held in Anaheim, California, mm. where they, um, I guess, generally show off a bunch of new products that are coming out and updates and things like that, and big fan gathering and, and that sort of stuff. It runs for uh, two days, um, and there's just many different events that are sort of going on during those two days. It's, you know, they'll have panels that are happening with developers talking or um, demo stations where you can play. New content that is coming out, um, you know, cosplay everywhere, and yeah, sort of all these different uh, like uh, areas with different things that are going on. It's it's really cool. Um, So yeah, should we talk about some of the announcements? I guess it's the big things that are going on because there is a a lot of stuff. Um, So we kicked off the first day with the opening ceremony. You took us through, and and then. to, to basically open the opening ceremony, they had um, a sort of like an apology from Jay Allen Brack who, who came out and talked about some of the news that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, which is how, how uh, Blizzard handled this esports situation with, with BlizzJong and, and what happened with Hearthstone and the um, sort of protesting about what's going on in Hong Kong. Um, so to catch people up he made a statement about that free Hong Kong and ended up being um, I guess banned for quite a while they took away his prize money they sort of came back on that stance and then cut it down to like a six month punishment and gave his prize money back yep. um, there was some issues with casters that were, were on the the events as well who they decided not to work with anymore and there was this giant sort of uprise over it and um, yeah people were definitely not happy so uh, he came out and sort of did a, a uh, an apology about that saying that they um, they acted too quickly um, and that they didn't uh, you know sort of I guess um, live up to the expectations of, of how Blizzard want to treat people um, but at the same time not really doing anything further with what happened, that situation. Um, it was a weird apology. I feel like, like they definitely
1: was a non-apology.
0: Yeah. Like he, he, he came out and, and said that he took the blame for it and he was sorry, but at the same time, they haven't done anything to fix it. Like they haven't changed their stance on what happened during that event. Um, they're still on uh, I read some interviews afterwards and they, they talked about how they still want to put the f- the games be the focus and they don't want people talking about political statements um, which I don't think is the right way to go about things so yeah at the end of the day it sort of seemed like an, it seemed like an apology at the time but when you looked into it further it was not really what people wanted
1: yeah um, yeah it, it wasn't enough I think yeah before you uh, continue where were you sitting
0: um so we had media seating which was uh, basically they had like um a bunch of different halls set up and the main hall was where they did the the main presentation and they had some other places set up where there was like a hearthstone tournament area and things like that the, you know esports arena um yeah and so we were set up in the main hall uh there's a block of seating and the very front 15 10 rows and then another block was behind them and that's where we were in the media area right so pretty much dead center yeah
1: cool
0: and we got there quite early um maybe two and a half hours before it started two hours um the at least all the the media people got there so we could get good seats and we were in the first row of media which was very (laughs) nice yeah uh yeah
1: um cool so yeah did
0: you want to add to that at all?
1: Oh no! When I went, we uh, always got there really late and got shit seats.
0: Yeah, I um, much. they had they had sort of like a intro, um, like before the actual event started. They had you know people talking, panelists and whatnot talking about what was going on during the event. And uh, yeah, you can definitely see us on camera at certain times, so we were pretty close to front. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about what oh, happened hang on stuff.
1: No, wait, wait, wait. You were there for two and a half hours beforehand. Yes. Did you, did you have to go to the bathroom at any point?
0: I didn't know. Uh, I don't down. think... don't think any of us did.
1: You we tried to go find some food. Two and a half hours in the line. At least when in I bathroom. was there. The Lines were... Lines for the men's toilets, at least, were out of control. Fucking massive. <laughs>
0: was oh, awesome. no. Was I didn't have to wait at all for any bathroom breaks. What? yeah wow. up upstairs I went upstairs there's a bunch of bathrooms upstairs oh yeah no
1: after the I just mean for the opening ceremony the line right was
0: wild I yeah. think Costa from Oz Gamers went to go get a drink at one stage was it Costa can't remember um and there was a vending machine and he came back with no drinks because he was like the line was enormous <laughs> so yes <laughs> yeah right There was definitely definitely lines going on um Alright, so, uh, yeah, Jalen Brack comes out, does his apology, mm. and says, let's go, let's, let's do the countdown up on the screen. Hey, did you watch this entire thing? No. No, okay, so there's a countdown on the screen, starts up for 30, starts counting down, 29, 28. It gets down to 10, um, the entire arena goes red, so initially it was, like, blue, everything was blizzard blue, you could yep. call it, I guess. Sure. Uh, and then, it, you know, it goes 10, 9, 8, and people are, like, counting down with them, like, saying it, and, you know, huge atmosphere. you got thousands of people in this room. It goes 8, 7, 6, and it's, like, slowing down, and everybody's trying to count, and you can see the screen, like, flashing up these numbers, but it's slowing down, and right. it goes 5... And the entire place goes black at 4. And then all of a sudden... It fucking kicks in. Boom! And there's like this... Uh, cemetery. You get this gravestone. Everybody goes nuts. Like... Straight away. I was freaking out as well because... I guess we, we've we've kind of had this inkling... That Diablo 4 was going to be there this year. Mm. I did not think they would kick off with it at all. Um, and they did. They were like, fuck you. Um, he, you guys wanted this. We're kicking off with Diablo 4. Um, yeah, and everybody was going bonkers in this in this room, and they then showed <laughs> a fucking kick-ass cinematic. It yeah. was out- outstanding. Um, it, it yeah, it was like kind of a Blizzard cinematic that goes for like ten minutes, and we just sat there and watched this this thing unfold. And you know, obviously, it took a bit of time to get into. Like, oh, is it actually Diablo? Is it something else? But from the look and feel of it, you could tell that it was definitely going on and then um you know who are there all these weird characters that are coming up and so it starts off and it's kind of like these um maybe like tomb raiders that are, are trying to get into this tomb they're looking for treasure um and they've got some sort of person who's like translating the scribes on the walls and it, it turns out that like it's not a it's not a tomb with treasure it's something else and something else is hidden here and you get this voiceover of somebody talking in the background and, and one by one these characters start disappearing and it's kind of like this ritual chamber and it ends up um yeah bringing back Lilith who is the uh daughter of Mephisto and um I guess the lord of hatred lord of hatred um who seems to be the big bad villain in in Diablo 4 yeah and so this whole cinematic plays out bam Diablo 4 comes up on the screen and everybody goes um off the chain yeah it was a really good really good cinematic um i think that they uh, definitely kind of took it to heart last year when people were quite upset yeah uh and they were like we'll fucking show them and they come out and they open with that and that was like um yeah that was very intense and crazy i feel like they could have left that or they would. i felt like they're gonna leave that to last and they were like no nah, let's let's trot this thing out first yeah um, so yeah what do you think of cinematic
1: yeah it was fucking sick i came in about uh, i think it was like two minutes in uh because yep. i woke up to try and get to it but uh yeah I came in about two minutes in uh was a little like a little bit late um a little bit lost uh but immediately guessed it was diablo uh i guess because of where i was up to uh um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh yeah it was it was fucking sick it was really good uh yeah just I had to go back and watch it uh, oh yeah I've watched it afterwards. like three times now yeah um, just like the visual style of it yeah, looks yeah so it's so cool uh, it is some classic lizard storytelling um, they they are really good at that shit um, that works really well and then yeah uh, it moves straight into announcing or describing shit
0: yeah, they then, they then came out and talked about, like, what is the game? Um, yeah, and it's, it's basically set decades after Reaper of Souls, which was an expansion for Diablo 3. Um, they talked about, I guess, the direction they kind of wanted to take this game, um, and it's taking a lot of influence from Diablo 2. Um, very dark and sort of desaturated colors, um, and gory, uh, you know, I think, obviously Diablo 3 got a lot of flack for the way that they announced that game. There was that infamous, um, rainbow over the bridge, over the water. Yeah. yeah. People flipped out about it and then ended up, they turned it into a bonus level, um, with unicorns and, and shit like that, which was outstanding. Um, but yeah, people very much freaked out about that first initial reveal of Diablo three, and they have gone like <laughs> this. They've gone back. They've taken it. It's I've had a chance to play it, and it's dark and grim, and they, you know there's not a lot of color going on. It's very um, you know very reminiscent of like the Diablo two sort of stuff. So that's cool. Um, they're talking about like five five regions that they're planning on doing, and they're these giant sort of shared worlds which is something that's a little bit different uh, and the way that that works is that there are other players that you can come up against or come across in like hub areas so like the main town and whatnot. Um, and then outside of that you'll also have these world events and, and like world bosses that you can come up with sort of like um, like what Destiny was doing with with um, you know those events like nearby events you kind of just see people out in the world and you kind of join up with them and, and fight a boss and that's kind of what's going on here so there's at one at one stage there's this giant boss that you can see uh Eshava the pestilence and she I think it's a she it's this enormous sort of like arachnid uh or no like more like a not not a not a spider but uh like a scorpion sort of family like that sort of scorpions scorpions or
1: arachnids
0: you're yeah, gonna no, fucking but,
1: Drew's gonna yeah, fucking Drew's gonna, gonna cancel him. his Patreon subscription if you don't fucking <laughs> correctly analyze what insects are what yeah it's his, um, it's, his it's his trigger point <laughs> yeah and so uh yeah there's all of a sudden like
0: dozens of people on the screen fighting this one boss and going ham on it and so there's like situations where that happens where you kind of run into other people in the world and you can go up against giant bosses and, and try and fight with them um, so that's kind of what they're going with like a shared experience you don't have to play it that way you can uh, play it solo if you want to or, or turn off like that stuff but right. um, you, there'll be instances where you can run into other people out in the world that you can sort of run along with so that stuff is is really interesting can you fight um, you can fight them yes there is PVP in the game <laughs> Out. It's shocking, I know, right? Um, so yeah, I had a chance to talk to the to two of the developers working on the game, a uh, producer and a, a lead, the lead game designer. And one of the questions I asked them was about PvP, um, and basically,
1: you goddamn you know, right.
0: All these years back, we 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 heard about how they were working on PvP, it never came to Diablo three, uh, and. From interviewing developers of that game in the past, they talked about how they found it really hard to balance um, PvP, and uh, I guess the word that I saw brought up a lot was sort of like they were finding it impossible. Um, so I asked these developers like, "Why? What's what sort of changed between then and now where you feel comfortable with being able to put PvP in the game?" Um, and, and what they've said is that back then pvp was kind of like an afterthought like something that they wanted to put in later on and by the time they got around to to trying to figure out how to do it they they couldn't like that yes you're correct in saying that they we found it very hard to balance like we couldn't find a good way to do it that was that was fair uh and so this time around from the very start they wanted pvp in there and so they've structured a lot of the classes um to be able to handle that and so that there'll be spells and and um and things that will that will work in a PvP environment. And so that's kind of why their approach and sort of like philosophy has changed between these two games. So PvP is something from the start that they've wanted to do and they're focusing on making these skills and abilities and classes work within the PvP situation as well as PvE. I haven't had a chance to play PvP. It wasn't in there, but they, they talked about how they'll be sort of tweaking certain things so that it works. Differently in PvE as opposed to PvP, so they'll definitely be um, looking at ways to make sure that certain things aren't too overpowered in a specific battle or engagement in PvP. So, yes, it is coming. Excited. <laughs> see how it works, I guess.
1: See if, like, you know, I believe when I fucking see it because we've yeah. promised it multiple times with Diablo 3, so yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the other thing they talked about was it's running on a brand new engine. Um, I thought it was an updated Diablo 3 engine when I looked at it because I was like, oh yeah, okay, they've looks like Diablo, but no brand new engine um All right They uh, talked about how um uh, I tried to get them not to talk about lighting because you fired this game up and it is it is dark like you're in a dungeon. Um, it's not very bright it's it's very dimly lit there's obviously certain lights in 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 corners and whatnot that sort of light the area up and, and the bubble like the radius around you of where your player is is lit up a little bit but otherwise it's it's super dark and um, you fire off a spell and it just kind of lights up everything around you like as it as like a, a lightning bolt shoots across the, the, the screen, like you can see it reflecting off the walls and the, the objects around you and all the creatures. And you'll set someone on fire and you'll see that like reflecting in the background off of, you know, different objects in the environment. And so the lighting really makes it stand out. And so I tried to ask about the engine. I didn't really want to know about the lighting because I, I can see that. Um, yeah. But I kind of want to know, in terms of the engine, like what are the big things that they're doing in in terms of um, like gameplay wise now that they they've got this new engine, um, and they, one of the big things that they and I think they talked about it during one of the panels was that there's an entirely new animation technology they're doing where they're they're blending a lot of animations within the game. Um, so, for instance, one of the characters we saw was the druid, and he has different attacks and one of them is like being able to shapeshift into a werewolf and the other one is being able to shapeshift into a, 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 a werebear yeah, yeah. or a yeah, bear wolf <laughs> 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 um, and so you're able to use these two attacks, so say one of the attacks is bound to a left mouse button and the other one is bound to right mouse button you can sort of trigger both of these and you'll see the animation sets of attacks um, like switch as you're hitting these different animations and then so they're the types of things they're talking about so being able to like swing a sword but also as that animation is finishing then starting to move at the same time and that sort of stuff hasn't been in the previous games like you kind of just swing stop the animation and then start moving again Um, so they're doing a lot of uh, making it feel I guess more responsive and blend those animations um and make it feel a bit more smoother and then there's other things in there with like um traversal and verticality in the environments and that's something we haven't seen before and there's a moment in the demo where you come out of a dungeon and you you set foot on the edge of this cliff and you can see the like it's an actual like in-game cinematic like you're you're watching your character get out of this um this dungeon and stand there on this cliff and looking out in the world and it's it's rocky there's mountains and hills everywhere and that's not like uh that's the world that's like where you can walk around and so you can you can climb down cliffs you can scale um you can scale vines you can do a leap as a barbarian off of a off of a cliff down somewhere lower and you know do a a fucking body slam onto somebody Or as a sorceress, be able to teleport down to that, you know, ledge that's below you, stuff like that. Um, So they're adding a lot more verticality into the world as well, which should make things a bit more interesting. Uh, And then there's other things in there, just visually day and night cycles and uh, weather effects. You know, being able to have rain in the game and it affect the way that your character looks, being wet or going indoors and um, having your character dry... Uh, as they're, you know, not in the rain anymore, or, like, puddles forming on the ground in indentations in the mud and things like that. Uh, The Druid is able to call in, like, tornadoes and change the weather. He's able to use his, sort of, abilities to make rain clouds come and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can, sort of, affect um, the environment as these characters. But, yeah, I guess going back to... Um, sort of the world and what's going on so you've got these there's world events so similar to Diablo 3 you kind of go out and find sort of little pockets of things that are going on in the area and complete those tasks you'll run into different characters that are that are in the world um, The uh, and then the, the world bosses um, particularly some of the higher level bosses will have like a stagger system and so what this means is when you do um, enough damage or control spells on on these bosses, you'll start to fill a bar up, and once that bar gets to its maximum, they'll um, be staggered in a certain way. And for instance, this particular uh, this particular boss, you would be able to cut off like part of her, like leg or her um, like spines on her legs, and then that would stop her her animation set from being as devastating. Like her reach wouldn't be as far. And wow. so, so she she kind of had this like big, um, I don't. Know, you saw her very briefly in the demo, but this giant sweeping animation attack where she kind of does like an arc, and yep. um, and so you'll be able to stagger that, and then if you want to take off that particular limb, and that will change that animation set. It'll make it shorter, and then you could do it again for the LR later on in the fight if you wanted to. And so there's, that's kind of what they're bringing to it, very um, very like Monster Hunter, right? Um, So I'm, I'm very eager to see how that is incorporated in the game. Like if it's going to get how, how big that sort of feature gets, that's really interesting to me. Um, Yep. What else is there? Um, They talk about mounts in the game. The, the map that I saw that we could play in, it was a 20 minute demo um, where you could kind of just roam around wherever you wanted, but the map that we saw was very small that we could go into, but the area outside that map was enormous. It was huge. Um, and they're talking about how they're not necessarily doing like random tile sets for those areas, but a lot of the dungeons and the, the um, you know, the places you can go into will have randomly generated tile sets. And, you know, uh, the dungeons will feel differently every time you go in them. There'll be different types of um, objectives that you can do in those dungeons. There's no... There's no loading screens in those dungeons when you go from like level one to level two. They'll sort of seamlessly transition from one floor to another, and they can they can do it so that like one minute you're in a cave and the next minute you're out in a forest. Like it'll just seamlessly transition transition from that place, um, from those two places, uh, and then you've got like random events. At one stage, I was uh, I found this guy who who needed help was being attacked and so i fended off all the the creatures and then eventually got a reward out of it uh and another stage i found this weird like ritual thing that was going on and you had to kill these demonic creatures and then eventually that triggered off something else and like so there's a bunch of different things that are going on that are the random that are gonna they're gonna kind of throw at you um so that each time it sort of feels like different which is cool um what else has changed? There's no health globes anymore at the moment, I guess. They're, they're, right. The one thing they said is that this is very early and it's oh, going to yeah. take it's a while for it to come to out.
1: change, right? I think you'd, you messaged that or something, right? You tweeted that? That what? Did you tweet it's all subject to change or something like that? Or just say um, a messenger or something? I can't remember. I can't remember. I think I was hanging um,
0: shit. Yeah. yeah, so no, no health globes, just potions, which you just press... Uh, it's queue at the moment by default, and it's got a countdown, and then eventually it kind of runs out. Yep. Um, uh, inve- inventory system has changed, it's no longer Tetris, it's one item per slot. So, a ring takes up one item, a, a helmet takes up one item, a rune takes up.
1: Did you get into that with them? Because I didn't get a chance to ask them about that. Um, inventory is a pretty fucking. <laughs> Classic diablos.
0: Yeah, I want to be able to to Tetris my way through my stuff. Right. Um, like, but I think they're just trying to simplify it down. Feels
1: feels bad to have complained endlessly about inventory management and death stranding, <laughs> only to complain again. That's not complicated enough. And yeah. Before, uh, but like,
0: come yeah. On. So I'll, I'll, yeah, again, I'll go back to this park. They're saying it is very. Uh, they're saying it's a ways off, um, yeah, right. even for Blizzard time. Uh, yeah. When they announced when it was what platforms it was coming out for, which was PC consoles or PlayStation Four and Xbox One, uh, developing it for, I was like, "Oh shit, this is next year. This is like soon." Uh, and then they then went on to say, uh, "It's going to be a while off. Like it is not um, as soon as what you think. Like it's it's going to be a while to wait." So that makes yeah. me think it's twenty twenty one at least, uh, especially after. Um, getting a chance to talk to some of the developers and and seeing where they're at with with a bunch of these systems. It does seem like it's um, not super early, but they've still got a ways to go. So yeah, I don't think it's going to be next year. 2021 just
1: seems really far away to me. That's the only thing for this game. I think they need something to come out. I know they've got World of Warcraft next year and Overwatch 2, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. They've... They've
0: got Immortal, which I can talk about later on.
1: Sweet! (laughs) Can't wait to hear it.
0: Yeah. Um, So yeah, no health gloves, but that may change or it may not. I'm not not sure. Like a lot of this stuff could change during development. Um, They talked a little bit about endgame and there's going to be endgame dungeons. And the way that works is you'll find like dungeon keys throughout your travels. And then you can upgrade... Um, dungeons into endgame dungeons, and then each key kind of has like different rankings, and that affects their like complexity and sort of like the level that it'll throw enemies at you, um, and the type of reward you get out of it. So it's an interesting. Oh, can you sort buy of the these system.
1: keys, in some sort of microtransactions.
0: <laughs> they uh they did talk about microtransactions. Um, they said and- that there'll be no there's no um, microtransactions for like gaining like for powering power levels or anything like that Um, what they're the way they're working with this game is that they'll be doing a base game and then expansions they said expansions that may change because we know that Diablo 3 was supposed to have expansions and one only came out but yeah they flat out said that they're making expansions for this game right yeah um and and are they selling
1: keys it doesn't sound like it. I think they have learned their mistake. <laughs> it's interesting. Hope interesting. Uh, an interesting setup. It's similar, it's similar to the way microtransactions work, isn't it? Like wording wise. Uh, if they're separate. saying,
0: if they're saying that you can't, they're not microtransactioning um, ways to make you stronger than. I mean, technically, a dungeon key to get better loot is a way to... Yeah, that's... I don't think they're doing it
1: from the way they're saying. Um, Just mark this down, okay, dear listener? Uh, Two-ish hours into episodes 498 (laughs) of the Game Arena podcast. The GA... uh, 492, my bad. Yeah, 492... Uh, Job said, you reckon they're going to sell keys? And he was fucking right!
0: Just Um, like you were right about... Overwatch 2, which we'll get to shortly. Oh my lord. Lord. Um, Yeah, so um, what I think they'll probably do instead is like cosmetic stuff. So the actual classes that you've got are customizable. So um, you'll be able to change... The way they look in it, so their their character, their facial features, and their build and things like that. Um, they only had a couple examples in in the demo that I played, yeah. but that could be one way that they um, they sort of incorporate microtransactions, I guess. Sure, uh, I'm not too too sure because they're not really still a ways off. Um, yeah. So the the characters they showed off: Druid, Barbarian, Sorceress the three um, the the sort of hero screen looked very similar to you know old school Diablo stuff you got the three of them sitting around the campfire um, Druid was the one that got the biggest amount of cheer uh, from the audience they're very excited to be playing a Druid and
1: I noticed I didn't understand it
0: yeah I think he's just like a fan favourite <laughs> so I mean we've we've kind of had the sorceress wizard in the last couple of games Barbarian's obviously like a staple of, of Diablo you've always got him in there um and then you've got the kind of got the ones in between right your, your, your necromancers and your um your, your paladins that come along later on and you know your witch doctor spellcasters and you know I was druids. hoping for an
1: assassin to be honest those I think
0: those. there's so okay. there's definitely going to be more I think there's going to be another trap there's going to be a trap person like you said an assassin um yeah. I, I mained a demon hunter in Diablo three, and like mm. a, my backup was a wizard, um, yeah. but my main was Demon Hunter, and I love playing Demon Hunter. So I hope there's another range sort of assassin trap person or something like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got a chance to play. I think I played all of them. Um, they've all got different s- skill sets and. <laughs> Um, yeah, they they seem like a lot of fun. Um, the way the talent system works is very—I think it feels similar to Diablo Three. So you kind of pick a range of different like spells, and then you can assign them to buttons. So it'll be like, for instance, a lightning bolt, or you go down fire or ice as a spellcaster, and then you pick which ones you want, and you start assigning skill skills. And then there's like a talent tree, and the talent tree then affects—it's um, like your basic talent tree. You kind of pick. your first couple of points and then eventually you get to a branch and it'll be like alright now which way do you want to go and then you can start like speccing individual builds like alright I want to focus more on ice as a sorceress, or something like that and you start eventually working your way down and it really changes up um, your playstyle a bit more so uh, talents and skills are in there it sort of seems like a mix between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 which is interesting didn't really get a chance to to uh set my own skills it was kind of already in there um we played as like a level 20 character around there um but yeah it's all there uh there's what else was there let's talk about uh, elites elites the way that they work is um they've kind of got different um like in the past games you kind of get like names under them like to be named creatures that have special abilities and whatnot um this time it sounds like they're gonna have like modifiers applied to them. And so for instance, like
1: Hm? Yeah, go on, sorry.
0: Yeah, they'll have like different modifiers. So for instance, um there was at one point we could see a, like a, a like let's go with skeletons cuz skeletons is the default fucking Diablo enemies. And then um there are these skeletons that basically are like giant blob of skeletons that throw like ballistas at you um, and and they're a bit harder to they're kind of like a back line they'll kind of just sit back and shoot at you and so you might come across an elite who's got that ability that ballista ability and be able to throw them at you but they might have a modifier on them that allows them to do like a multi shot so instead of throwing one out they've now got, they're throwing three out at you at once and so they're applying these effects to elites um, and it's very similar in the way that you're your weapon skills and legendary skills work. So they're applying it to not only you, but also the creatures you come across as well, which is uh interesting sort well, that's, of way. That's
1: how they worked in T3. Like,
0: Well, they would them. be more like every time you hit them, they'll shoot a lightning bolt at you or something like that. But they're, now I, they're playing modifiers to their attacks.
1: I, just, I more mean, you know, like the IT or. They just stacked modifiers to make them more and more. Alive, yeah. Right.
0: Like, yeah. But I think that what they're doing now is they're changing their attack abilities now, as opposed to, like, they're doing leech damage or something yeah, like that. Yeah, now they're yeah. doing different types of. Like, they're getting this attack from one creature and then oh, sticking okay. it on yeah. something else, and now all of a sudden, cool. the way it attacks you is completely different. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Like, the other. Another example is, um, let's go with, um, and I, I saw this happen in Diablo 3 you'd have like a creature that was able to res people right yeah. or, or, or resurrect dead creatures you've killed and so Jeez, let's stick exactly. that multi-shot now on that resurrecting and he's no longer resurrecting one at a time he's now resurrecting okay. three creatures at a time uh, okay that's right like that sort of stuff right that's cool yeah and so that sort of applies to your weapons as well and they're gonna have your you know, your normal tears your trash tears <laughs> white creeds and blues and then your your set items, your legendaries, and there's going to be mythics as well. So the way legendaries works is um, very similar to, um, or maybe a bit different, to the last game. So they'll um, they'll affect your abilities as well. So for instance, the the example we saw was like the sorceress. She'll be able to use a teleport skill, but maybe you get a legendary helmet that makes your teleport skill also. Um, cause a nova lightning attack when you use it or maybe you've got a um, I don't know uh, some boots that that no longer cause you to have a teleport cooldown but instead it uses a bunch of mana and it transports you to a random location like you can't check, check uh, can't specifically put a point of where you want to teleport so like you've now got items and gear that you can use that affects your abilities in the way that you kind of use them and you can sort of skill in terms of of that way a bit more um, and then you've got the Mythics which are the level above Legendary and they will end up having like multiple of these um, sort of modifiers or enhancements on your gear so the, the Legendaries I think will only have like sort of one modifier whereas the the Mythics will have like four or five of them so you can sort of then start getting like different abilities that affect these um, skills uh, so that's kind of a really
1: interesting that thing sounds fucking it. awesome
0: it ain't done yet. That's
1: what I've been fucking Yeah, I know, but still like that's what I've been waiting. That's what I'm fucking that's what I want out of these yeah. kinds of games, this sort of It fucking- ain't done
0: yet though, Joe. Wait, wait, hold up. Then you've got sockets. Right? And yep. in the last games you would have like uh you'd have gems and so you'd stick like lifesteal or armor or something like that on there. Um They're going back to runes and rune wards. And so you've got conditions and rules Sorry, you've got Condition runes and Effect runes. And so you will have a Condition rune, which would be like... Um, whenever... The, the example that they gave in one of them was like... Whenever you are stunned or frozen, activate the next rune. And so it's like Condition, and then the next one is Effect rune. And so the Effect rune will be... Whenever active, gain 500 damage barrier. So if you're stunned or frozen... You now gain a 500 damage barrier... Or, you could be like, um, whenever you're stunned or frozen, activate the next rune, it'll be, when activated, gain a random shrine effect for seven seconds. And so, now all of a sudden, like, you're, it's like a fucking programming statement. It's like an if, and and. Like, <laughs> That's right. sick. And then you can start mixing all these different rune wards. Um, for instance, uh, what was the other one they put on here? Uh, when a pet dies, activate the next socket of rune, and the rune effect will be, when active, your next thorns, deal 30% more damage and so then or you could go back to the other one you know whenever your pet dies you gain a 500 damage barrier and so there's all these runes in there now that you could then put on top of those items that you're using
1: that's amazing that's (laughs) fucking sick I uh, uh yeah holy shit yeah it sounds sick
0: um yeah and then um, what else is there they're going to have seasons in the game again and they talked about sort of comparing it to last season they don't really want to do what they were doing last season um, sorry last game with Diablo 3 the way they want seasons to work is that they want the player experience to change every season and so last uh, last game they were kind of just doing seasons and throwing in new items and sort of tweaking like like spells and and abilities and whatnot and so you'd sort of see like the meta be like oh demon hunters is the way to go this this season or you know paladin or something like that uh whereas what they want to do this time around is they want sort of every season to feel fresh and different and the way they're going to be doing that is by introducing new legendary items every season um and also they want the sort of goal to be that every time you play it, you're going for a different build because all the gear is going to be completely changed up as opposed to like what they seem to be doing last um, with all these seasons previously was sort of like balancing it and and being like, oh, this thing's a little bit too overpowered. Let's bring this down a bit. Um, whereas now they just kind of want to, it feels like they kind of want to go the Dota route of like, all right, let's fucking revamp all these, these skills and abilities and try and make the game feel differently every season. So that's kind of the vibe I got from it. I don't know if that's kind of, what they were trying to get across but that's what I felt they were trying to go for Um, what else was there yeah so in, uh, so I got to play across I uh, played about an hour or so maybe longer um, on the demo stations that they had up there and yeah it definitely feels like a Diablo game you click on things and they explode and die there's tons of stuff that comes at you at once on the screen that, that attacks you um, it's grim and dark and, and gory like it doesn't it feels like a Diablo game, but it doesn't. <clears throat> it doesn't look like that last Diablo game. It looks like they've they've definitely gone back and and um, heard the feedback and been like, all right, we're going to have it be gory and dark and grim and desaturated, and we don't want bright colors in there. Um, we're going to listen to to what people want. So it seems yeah. like they've really taken that feedback and and run with it. Uh, it, it definitely plays well. Um, there's some quality of life stuff in there that's you know stuff that you'd like being able to put markers on the screen on the map and things like that um which is cool and um apart from that it seems you know apart from the the inventory being like one slot for one item it's not a huge change from what we've seen so far i mean again that could change could be something they get feedback from they asked for a lot of feedback so maybe we end up with tetris again um but, yeah, man, I, I dug it a lot. Like, it feels like... It feels like a Diablo game. And I... You know, as much as I did not like... Where Diablo started... Um, mainly because of the pay to pay-to-loot. Like, it's a loot game and you're gonna fucking ask people to be able to... Either buy loot with in-game currency or with real-world money. It was such a bad mistake. But they turned that game around and it became... Like game of the year material for me like by the time that, that game got to Reaper of Souls it was it was I spent so many hours playing yeah. that game they put adventure modes in there um mm. which was nuts and they, they've talked about a little bit about how they want to sort of lay out the campaign this time around it's going to be a bit more open in terms of um a bit more like that adventure mode so you'll be able to do go anywhere you want but there'll be like levels sort of locking you off and um you'll be able to explore a bit more you know you're not necessarily going from one objective to the other you have this giant area and kind of go out and um sort of play it your way and then you know eventually we'll see i guess but maybe there'll be ways to finish the game super quickly or maybe they won't we'll see how that kind of pans out um but yeah man i i dug it a lot it looks like the feedback from everybody that i saw is really positive on it so it's, uh, it's looking super promising. It just seems like it's going to be a ways off. Uh, I'm still thinking 2021 at this stage. Maybe end of the year. <laughs> if things go to plan. Um, yeah, I, I dug it. It's good. It's really good. So, See? 004. I like the direction yeah. they're going with it. It's it's very good. <sighs>
2: um,
0: all right, what else they talk about? They... Um, they came out and showed some extra content for uh world of warcraft shadowlands which yeah man blizzard makes some good cinematics this um this cinematic was yeah it was amazing uh they came out as soon as i saw the you know it was ice and and you know you could see that we were definitely going on lich king stuff um
1: I was like, oh my god, they're not seriously just going to remake fucking Wrath of the Lich King. They're not going to send us to fucking... How many times can they fucking revisit that same content? But, uh, clearly not.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And, uh, people were very uh, vocal about what Sylvanas was doing at that stage. Uh, I don't think it came across during... They probably cut out all the audio from the crowd. Uh, but there was a lot of upset people in that crowd oh really no no they thought she was going to put the helmet on (laughs) oh okay because the way they framed it was like um sylvanas basically like captures lich king um and ties him down steals his like his helmet off him and it looks like she's about to put it on and people were going nuts in there yeah like yeah like don't do it and things like that and uh that's amazing and then she she like breaks it in half and um there's obviously some sort of story behind what's going on with her but i'm really interested to see what they do because that uh man that that's a great way to draw people back in to that that cinematic was outstanding i thought it looks so good um so yeah, they, um, I, I got to play a little bit of it, but not a huge amount. It's one of those things where you, you kind of want to play it with your own character. Um, so it's, and I'm a panda mox. So <laughs> when I jump in there as a, as, a, as a wizard, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah. But I got to, to to walk around and do a couple of quests. And yeah, it's it's wow. So I'll, I'll yeah. definitely check it out at some stage. But um, yeah, it seems like a really cool idea. and A lot of people are very interested in where they're going with that story so should be fun um the next up thing they talked about was hearthstone descent of dragons uh i feel like people like dragons a lot and uh you're i guess more into hearthstone you're definitely more into hearthstone than white i am um
1: what was your kind of vibe about what was going on here with the decks uh i sort of tuned out to be honest um <laughs> it was pretty early in the morning for me and yep. uh yeah, I uh, I I've been burned out on Hearthstone for basically ever since Auto Chess came out. It's Auto Chess is one thousand percent replaced any any desire I had to play um, card games, and uh, yeah, so I just sort of didn't pay all that much attention.
0: Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, they're basically um, introducing like dragons into the game, um, new keywords, new mechanics, new types of hero
1: cards and um, like the uh, they're like leveling up character like cards are like leveling up over the course of shit which is vaguely similar to something they've done before but it seems to be going like way way more hardcore into it and i think it, it feels like a reaction to the legends of rune terror right like yeah uh because that's a like the hero character's Legends of Terror seems to me like a melding of Hearthstone and um, magic with mm-hmm. the hero characters sort of being like Planeswalkers. And, uh, but they can level up by completing stuff in, in the, over the course of a game. And that's what this, this feels like, a f- full-blown knee-jerk reaction to that. Uh, although, obviously, based on, you know, just knowing how long development takes there's no way that it is unless mm-hmm. they had fucking spies at Riot Games. So, uh, yeah, it's Questions. clearly not that. It just feels that way. Yeah. yeah, it's very similar in concept to me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: yeah, they're, they're doing you know, a couple of big changes in there. Um, but the the bigger one, which was again a surprise to me because I didn't think they were going to do this, but uh, Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Um, which is your your auto chess game?
1: Um, the auto chess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really get a good idea how this fucking worked though. I couldn't like get a good grasp on it. It definitely looked weird. Uh, yeah, it's not so like your typical auto chess.
0: You know. Yeah. So I think you're, you're still sort of you're playing against you know there's eight people in there the the game and you're rotating. Uh, each time against somebody else, it's sort of you're fighting up against. And so I think your board stays the same each time. Would be my guess. I've not played it um, mainly because I'm not a I'm not a Hearthstone player. So I, I, um, they had stations set up, and I would have just got my ass whooped, uh, and then also not know what I was doing. But talking to people that played it um, said it's very good. Um, the only thing it yeah. needs work on is the UI. It seems like the UI needs um, some tweaking. But the people that I spoke to that played it. Seem to really enjoy it, and um, and these are people that play auto chess as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I'm definitely well, keen to jump in at some stage. In early access now, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Blizzard could hook me up, but I'm not going to have any fucking time to play it until like <laughs> God knows when. So I might as well just wait and see if it comes through, as opposed to specifically chasing it down myself. You know. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, and then they wrapped on. Yeah, I think that was the last one. They wrapped on Overwatch 2. Yeah. Um, they they again another fantastic cinematic um that they kicked off with. I was a bit confused as what was going on. Yeah, me too. I guess in, I'm not I'm not fully invested in the uh, um the Overwatch sort of lore and the story, and, and it seems like they've they've definitely. Um, improved that quite or, or gone right in on it since uh since I played it because it wasn't really a big thing back then. Um but I definitely knew who all these characters were and whatnot, but yeah they showed this awesome cinematic and and then boom, Overwatch two. Jeff Kaplan comes out and starts talking about what's going on with Overwatch Two. Not Overwatch season two job. So mm-hmm. uh, I think you owe me some some ice cream or something, I don't know. Maybe some shoes.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: It's just sure. what it was for.
1: Don't fucking touch my shoes, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> yeah um all right so let's kick things off they're talking about uh it's it's a updated greatly updated engine was the the wording that i was told um they're updating all the visuals and character models in the game um new ui and new hud overhauls basically um uh, i got a chance to to play it and some of the things i can talk about is like the um information you gain as a healer or being healed by people is a lot clearer you get like a, a, a sort of say as mercy you'll see the that person you're healing how much heal you know how much healing you're doing and how much health they've got and then say you're the person being healed by mercy you can kind of see on the, your screen how much health mercy has and where they are in relation to where you're positioned um and they're sort of just cleaning up that HUD a little bit so it's not as busy I guess um, another way they're sort of cleaning it up is the directional hit indicators have been made a lot smaller um, and they're these really fine sort of um, markers in a radius around your crosshair and so that gives you a really good idea of where you're being hit and uh, in which direction it was, a, it was pretty thick and wide before um, now it's, it's a lot smaller and looks it looks much cleaner um, so yeah, they're, they're kind of some of the ways that are improving that uh, they talked about new um, a new mode they're introducing called uh, Push, which is both teams have this giant robot that they've got to escort across the map. And uh, both teams start off in the center of the map and there's like this barrier that you need to escort your robot to and then they push the barrier away and it's on like a track throughout the map, a windy track. And um, each time you get to a checkpoint... It, uh, it it sort of moves your spawn point a little bit further forward, and then that allows you to
1: you know engage fights a bit the, earlier and whatnot. The easiest way to visualize it is mm-hmm. think of the only mode from Team Fortress Two that hasn't yet made it into Overwatch. That's what it is. It's they finally finished fully copying Team Fortress Two. <laughs>
0: so this was the one where you push the the payload, right? They introduced yeah. it. Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. Um. But. I don't remember Team Fortress 2 did this you can get your robot to uh, to push the other team's payload back can you? yeah so you can right. get uh, you can get your robot to you can walk it to the other team's barrier and push the barrier back and then defend oh, okay. it but yeah, that's right. a choice you've got to make now right is do you push right. your barrier forward or do you go fuck with the other team's barrier um right at least that's kind of the vibe that I was getting from what they were doing, and uh, and you get points for you know pushing the barrier furthest, and and if you pa- if you push the enemy team's barricade back into their base, then you win the game, uh, you yeah. automatically win. So that's yeah. kind of what they're doing. Um, the robots are very quippy and say funny things from what they were showing in the trailer. Um, so that stuff's really cool. Uh, they talked about new, um, new maps that are coming. The one they showed off in particular was Toronto for, for this, uh, for this mode. And the other ones that they, they teased, they showed glimpses of was, uh, got Gothenburg, Monte Carlo, Rio de Janeiro. And, um, there was possibly an India one, not officially announced, but they showed a glimpse of, right. uh, so there's a couple there and they're saying there's a lot of maps that are coming. Um, and then they've got the story missions the PvE missions which are these um, sort of single player experiences or sorry, multiplayer experiences where you're playing up against AI uh, factions and each mission sort of starts off with an intro cinematic sequence to sort of give you an idea of what's going on in the story and then you jump in you choose a bunch of uh, pre predetermined characters that fit in with that specific story they're trying to tell And you choose, um, yeah, who you want to be as. So the one that we played, you had a selection of like, uh, like Tracer was one of them or um, uh, what's his name? Um, The dude that heals people and runs around in circles. I can't remember anymore. I've drawn a blank. Um,
1: Um, Lucia. (laughs)
0: Lucio yeah or there'd be like a um or Mayu is in there like so you kind of pick which one you want you you start this mission off you go and it's pretty basic to start off with it's like like waves of enemies that are coming at you and then you clear them out and you move forward in the map um and then you might get to a point where it's like here's a bunch of items that you can get like a chest and you open up the chest and you might find in there different tiers of items sort of be like a, a green turret or a uh, a blue grenade and a green healing station. And then, so you can pick up these items and then you can use them as you're progressing through the story. Um, and then you might get to the next section and it'll be like, defend this area for a certain amount of time. So you'll be like, all right, well, I'll put down my turret, which is on a cooldown. And then, um, you know, the, the healers can put down their healing station. And you stay in a certain radius or put like a barricade down. There's different ways you can sort of interact with these. These objects, and then so yeah, you, you're basically working your way through this mission until uh, eventually you get to the end, and then there's an outro cinematic, and that's sort of they're trying to put these story missions in to sort of tell this story about what's going on in the game, and they're they're saying there's going to be uh, a lot, there's going to be a lot in this um, that they're throwing at you, um, and then so aside from the PVE stuff, the story sort of missions, they're going to be doing. Uh, hero missions and the way they phrased this was uh they took a lot of inspiration from like adventure mode in Diablo where um you can play as a character you can go to uh, a level and then they'll throw ai at you and there's different factions you'll come up across against and different objectives that they'll they'll throw at you um you know different enemy types and groups and the one that they showed on the cinematic and in the gameplay was like null sector that's the name of the faction um but there's a bunch of other ones that are, that are in there that they sort of tease that as well. Um, and these, from what I understand, will be playable on all of the maps across um, that, that are available in the game, including all the new ones that are coming out. And then I'll have a progression system. And the way that works is you'll level up your heroes and each hero has, from what we've seen so far, will have like six different talents that they can choose. And these talents affects the way that their their um their spells or sk- their skills work not spells and so or abilities and for instance uh, so I was playing as Tracer and um, one of the skills that you could choose was every time you use uh, uh, an ability she automatically reloads her pistols so uh, you think about the way Tracer works she's got those three dash abilities and then also the the rewind thing as well. Um, So you could, in theory, shoot a bunch of bullets, dash, and then your weapon is automatically reloaded. Like, you don't have to do anything. It's just you've got ammo again. So you can sort of toggle between um, using these abilities and also having unlimited ammo the entire time uh, without having to reload. Um, The other one that we could choose between was Pulse Bomb. Uh, Causes a chain reaction on enemies that are damaged and so that'd be really good in like a a situation where you're going up against a lot of enemies in a boss fight or something like that you kind of just throw it and it'll each time it hits someone chain reaction effect as opposed to just sort of the one sort of enclosed area that will destroy everybody um and then the things that we couldn't play as which were locked behind walls was like level 10 you'll get a blinking through enemies damages them um or uh the other one was every time you do the recall, it causes damage to all enemies that were recently um, that you've recently damaged. So every time you trigger that ability, it'll cause more damage to the people you've already killed. And then the final tier was like every time you um, kill someone, you s- it speeds up your cooldowns. so you'll get less time on the cooldowns. Means you can use your abilities more. And the other one was enemies that are pulled towards um, the point of Recall and are Snared. So every time you use your Recall ability, it'll it'll suck all those players in and uh, trap them for a little while. So they're kind of the different ways that you can sort of combo, uh, or that you're able to combo stuff. So the other one was like... Torbjorn. Torbjorn. From Torbjorn.
2: Torbjorn.
0: So he's able to throw out Tarts, and one of the abilities was like... You can throw out three mini turrets instead of one giant turret but then you can also make the turret um, be a flamethrower now so you can now do three mini flamethrower tar- turrets so you can combine these abilities as well which is uh, a unique way to to do that sort of stuff um, sure. and this is only in the PvE side this is not in PvP all these hero talents it's not like you're leveling up and getting new abilities um, which is something I complained about recently for underlords because I don't like that system. Um so they're not doing that here. They're, this is strictly these level upgrades are strictly for the the PvE only. Um yeah. which is good. Uh so that's the progression side and then they talked about new heroes in the game. Um they showed off one new hero and they teased a bunch of others, but they're basically saying that the way they think about it when they introduced um there's going to be a lot of new heroes in in Overwatch 2 they're putting forward. Uh, and, and then they kind of cap things off by saying that um, like a really interesting of people that, that have Overwatch will still be able to play people in Overwatch 2 for multiplayer and the updates um, will run across both games so people that have the original game that don't want to play any of the PvE stuff or any of the um, story missions or, or hero missions um, they don't have to buy the game. They can just keep playing Overwatch, and they'll be able to play PvP. They'll get all the updates that come through, uh, new heroes. Um, they, they're going to push through, by the sounds of it, a bunch of the UI updates. So, if you you know you're not going to be left behind to get those mostly updates, um, those mostly UI updates or things like that. So, everything in PvP will be um, on even playing field, which is an interesting way they're doing it. And they're talking about sort of um, Sort of redefining or rethinking the way that multiplayer works across games, and I think it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting approach that we don't really, haven't really seen, or well, I can't think of any examples that we've seen of, recently at least. Um, but it's just a case of whether or not PVE is interesting to you at all
1: as a player, or if it's not. Um, but they're not walking people out of it. Let this go. They also said that inevitably, people on Overwatch One will have will be upgraded to Overwatch Two. The new whether engine, they yeah. buy it or not, mm-hmm. uh, and they just won't be able to play PVE. It'll just be locked out. Essentially, is what I read. Yeah, which to me means Overwatch Two is a PVE. Expansion. It's not a... F- it's... It's not... You're not playing multiplayer across two games. You're playing the same fucking game, but you've got a PvE add-on. That's it. That's all it is. Right? Calling it 2. Right? Is... is? It's fucking nothing. It'd be like if, if every time you fucking patched a game, you were like... And now we're up to version 2. Uh, instead of 1.03 or some shit. Right? Like, get... Th- fuck out of here that is fucking insane it's not fucking overwatch 2 it's overwatch pve uh, and also a recommittal to actually creating fucking content for overwatch 1 right Hmm. because the release schedule the content release schedule for overwatch 1 was fucking abysmal it was fucking dire Uh, it is out of control how slow they have been like we think about like games that have been slow to fucking update stuff right we complain about underlords uh not releasing heroes fast enough uh and to be fair they won't but like that was over the course of what two to three months uh maybe a little bit more um we talk about PUBG being too slow in a world where fortnite exists overwatch how many heroes have they added since the game launched I have no idea. Is it 7 or 8? I can
0: look it up quickly. Do it. Uh, Is there a Wikipedia page I can look
1: at? Yeah, there is. Fucking you hope there is. Uh, By the looks of it, they've added about 18. 18?
0: The game started off with 12, and they've now got 32.
1: Since... Since that's 20, first of all. 20. Uh, sorry, yeah, I'm really, just quickly super, maths. on super easy maths. It's a fucking good lord. Uh, and no, there's no fucking way. Oh,
0: sorry. This is a reveal date. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. No, 10.
1: 10. Okay. 10 over the course of three and a half years. 10 updates in three and a half years is not a lot Mm -hmm. that's not much that is what one every four months ish Uh, and we complain because PUBG uh, is pushing two and a half months right we're like fuck two and a half months is too slow Fortnite is doing major updates every fucking week you gotta be faster than that PUBG if you wanna fucking keep up in this in today's fucking landscape Uh, and Overwatch is like well, we're coming up on three and a half months. I guess we should probably release something. Uh, right? Like, good lord. Uh, yeah. They need to be a lot fucking quicker. They should be aiming, right? If if they want people to be fucking interested, they could have solved GOATS, right, in one season, instead of letting it fucking destroy one and a half seasons of OWL uh, by, I don't know, ...releasing twice as many characters... ...because why the fuck would you continue to play GOATS... ...if uh, if you've successfully... ...shaken up the meta... Mm. Uh, ...yeah... ...Rainbow 6 blitzes it... ...they've got one every three months... Uh, ...yeah... ...like every game blitzes the content release schedule... ...of Overwatch... Mm. ...they... ...Overwatch 2 needs to be... ...apart from a PvE expansion for Overwatch 1... Uh, ...it needs to be a... ...firm commitment... To now, we're going to be dropping shit constantly. Like you can expect a fucking rapid fire release of shit, and we're gonna hit, like we're gonna hit fucking a hundred characters in the next three years or something like that, right? Like that's what they need to be doing. Not well. Yep, we've got all these characters, and we've got four maps hinted at. Um, so you'll see those. And we're going to use that to tide us over for the next six years, right? Because if that's the case, like, who gives a fuck? Uh, Yeah. Anyway. I'm still reeling over 32 minus 12 being 18, by the way. I I, I didn't have a number. I was just looking. Look. (laughs) You did have... You had numbers. You had numbers in front of you, okay? You can't get out of this. It was some of the worst fucking maths I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, AT, yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, I because
0: they're they're saying that um, they do have a bunch of like brand new maps that are coming in, and, and they're putting all the maps on both platforms. I mean, you look at it; it like, this is something that uh, I don't know. Sports games could do every year. Like Counter Strike didn't do this; they sold different base games
1: every time they came out with a new update,
0: and forced people
1: to eight years apart. Eight years apart, Luke. You can't fucking lay that at Counter-Strike's feet. What about, Eight what years about apart. Games? A fucking decade. Or, or Call like, of Duty games. Or sports games. What? I'm not saying they get away with it. I've been saying they shouldn't be getting away with it for fucking years. Yeah. As long as this podcast has been running. Is it ten years? Eight years? I don't know. They're all the same, aren't they? Yeah. Um, could be eighteen. Could be eighteen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah right Like yeah, just because overwatch is they can't I, like I said when we when I was telling you it was gonna be season two and it should have been, um, they can't afford to kill overwatch one because it will it will destroy their game. it would destroy their game. they would never get away from it
2: mm-hmm.
1: right uh, so they're literally not able to right they are, the way they' have monetized Overwatch, Means they will never ever get out of it. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, yeah,
0: I don't know. I think we'll see. Like I, I think we'll see how much content is in this thing. They're saying that it's it's more than what was in the base game of the original Overwatch, and that's why they're when they set out to make this. Because um, I asked them if there was any discussion at all f- of making this an expansion. They said, well, when they started, it was it was supposed to be a sequel um and then they looked at features that they wanted the the one that was um like the most requested was they wanted a a story campaign for all these characters so what they've put in so i think we'll get that we'll get all the pv the new pvp missions as well as the the crossplay stuff um the engine updates i think once we see what kind of comes out because they're again they're not it sounded like this is probably at least a year and a half off maybe um, maybe next year, maybe again 2021, early 2021. It cannot be
1: 2021. It absolutely cannot be. It needs to be middle of next year at the latest in my opinion. It can't be it cannot not be out before BlizzCon next year. They said they'll be talking about it again at next BlizzCon. That's fucking bananas because they, they're not they didn't they also say they're not doing the fucking, the, the new characters are Overwatch 2 characters?
0: Yeah, but they might have other stuff in the pipeline.
1: But that means I the fucking know. content release schedule <laughs> will not take place before a year from now. That, that means another 12 months of the same stagnant content release schedule. Overwatch can't live through that. Hmm. Overwatch cannot continue to tread water, right? They, uh, they may be somehow pushing numbers up in the Overwatch League it, but the next transition when they move to home and away games internationally are going to be devastating for the Overwatch League right it's going to be a, a massive one time uptick in uh, in viewing as people explore the format but commercially it is going to be A fucking non-stop dick punch, because the like the logistical issues alone of transporting an entire team internationally every game, and we're not talking fucking internationally as in flying a fucking Toronto, right? Mm. We're talking Paris, Shanghai, and fucking um, Seoul, right? Like that's. The flight to Seoul from America isn't fucking short, right? You gotta somehow they they gotta fucking timetable that shit. They gotta somehow make it so that every single person who flies to fucking Shanghai isn't fucking brain fucked every single time they <laughs> do they it. Went. Right? So the quality of games is going to fucking tank. Because none of these teams have fucking Jet lag specialists on hand, right? Maybe like they have private jets, the, the Overwatch jet, the old Overwatch jet, right? Like that's the thing. They already spent twenty to sixty million dollars to buy into this league. So either you're sunk cost fallacying your fucking balls off trying to make this shit still work, or you are cutting costs fucking everywhere to the point where it will become a like a state where the players who are earning a rumored 100 to 200k right for their time will be get like start getting paid a significant amount less and people who are somehow getting them to their fucking destination will be they'll be the fucking real they will be the real talent that we're seeing like, they'll be the ones making the real fucking money because they're the only ones somehow making this entire fucking nightmare work, right? And if you're adding all of that onto an already stagnant release schedule, an already stagnating fucking uh, meta, competitive meta, Overwatch League dies. Like, it should have died already, right? That's mm. the thing. Overwatch League is was running on the fucking smell of an oily rag as it was... So, I do not understand how they could... I assumed Overwatch League was coming out in fucking January next year. Oh, sorry, Overwatch Two was coming out in January next year, right? That's as far away as I can envision them lasting without it. Because if we don't have more fucking characters and maps inside of 12 months, nobody gives a fuck about Overwatch. They'll get another fucking tick up when Overwatch 2 releases... But good God, the fucking pace at which games release like high quality Twitch capturing slash mixer capturing games release these days is too fast for them to just fucking piss it away, Mm. waiting an extra fucking 12 months. So yeah, no, if it's not out before BlizzCon next year, it doesn't fucking matter. In my opinion, it'll be too little too late. We'll see. Uh, it is
0: a very popular game. They it a lot is a of very popular
1: game. And yes, there is a significant amount of sunk cost going on with it. But at some point, everyone fucking cuts and runs. We'll see. I mean, last like,
0: forever. They're Blizzard fans. Like, look at WoW. WoW is still hugely successful. I, I think that Overwatch is probably maybe their most successful game these days. Sure. Um, yeah, people stick around. It's it's yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll find out what. There's probably more stuff they'll reveal over the next year, but it does sound like I thought they said that we'll be seeing it next BlizzCon still. Um, and that it's still in in early development. But yeah, anyway. Um, what else was there? Uh, Diablo Immortal. Uh, they didn't show that at all on the stage. Um, right. But they did have um, stations set up. I had a chance to play the game, and it's, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I played it on a, a tablet. It, it's it's very um, inspired by Diablo Three. Played as a demon hunter, similar bill so, sorry similar skills that you would see in there. You kind of use your finger to, to move around um, in a direction using a a, a virtual joystick. And then on the right hand side, you've got your skills and abilities and attacks and you hold down the attack button. Your character um, automatically attacks things and then you've got skills and cooldowns on the side of that. You press them and you can... um, So sort of like you'll press... You'll press the button and then you can... While your your finger is being held down, it puts like a radius or a direction around your character. So say you're going to shoot a fucking a bow a really high powered uh arrow in front of you it'll show you your character in the middle and then like a direction of where you're aiming it and so and then that'll shoot off once you let go and then another skill might be an aoe skill or a um that you can place somewhere around you and then you can press that button and then again move it around in a circle and it'll let you decide where you want to put it so the ui seems to work pretty well um no issues there Uh, there's loot, there's stuff you can pick up, um, there's different stats on the gear, like, it feels like Diablo, I do not know how they're going to monetize this, or what their plan is, if they are going to, or like, or it's just going to be a $20 Diablo experience, Um, feels good though, (laughs) like, I will definitely play it, that was, that was always the general consensus that I heard about this Diablo Immortal game, is that like, once people played it, they're like, yeah, okay, it's, it feels like a Diablo three on the phone um so uh, yeah I, i'm curious to see what's or how they're going to monetize it or if they don't or if it's just like you you buy it and that's it and maybe you'll be able to buy uh new dungeons or expansions or something for it but in its current state the one that i played i'll definitely be playing it because it, it's a seems like a fun game so um right yeah and it runs pretty well looks good all that sort of jazz feels like a diablo 3 extension um sort of like the, the way people were worried when diablo was announced for the um the consoles or you know the switch like every time they've come out they've nailed it so we'll see what it's like on mobile platforms but yeah i dug it so see what happens right. there um what else was there yeah they had stations set up but um they had a bunch of like artwork down in blizzcon um I went and stood in line for an hour to buy some stuff um sorry I bought some stuff after the opening ceremony ended and that's when all the uh the unannounced um goods went on sale so you could buy stuff before that but all the, like the diablo for t-shirts and gear and the Overwatch 2 stuff and the Shadowlands gear all went on sale uh, so I as soon as the opening ceremony finished I was on my phone ordering stuff uh, and then I went down the day after stood in line for about an hour to pick it up and this is my most frustrating experience at BlizzCon standing in that line getting up there and then being told that they oversold the t-shirts for, Blizz- for Diablo 4 I was fucking furious
1: <laughs> what?
0: They had oversold So wait, well, What the
1: fuck happened? So, what? You didn't I, I get know. one?
0: No, I didn't get one. they like, oh, did like, well, we'll get we re- What money. did you
1: get? it what, what did you get instead? <laughs> what did they give you for free? I didn't get... I got a bag for free, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean you got a bag for free? <laughs> well, if you spent oversold that money... Did I make it up money, to you? No, I got a
0: refund in two weeks.
1: In two weeks? Is this <laughs> some sort of fucking money laundering scam? <laughs> To where they're getting interest of people? Yeah, they're fucking. Oh, we're raking it in now. Yeah. We only took fucking two Diablo Four shirts. Fucking what the fuck is this shit? You should have gone. Fucking they should have fucking they should have given you a fucking handy at least. Like good lord. Oh uh, well, Go yeah. Back sorry, and pick whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, just oh you want what you want the fucking statue? Oh yeah, what you want that fucking Arthur sword? Yeah, everyone wants the Arthur's sword. It's all yours though. Yeah, you, you know We owe sold on the fucking shirts I cannot believe this shit Yeah, It's a shirt enough. Go and fucking print more
0: <laughs> How hard is it Go get one off that guy Go take his shirt
1: <laughs> Just make some more Their shirt this, this, It's not like you can Oh yeah no Sorry Those are the We're last ad- shirts. Four shirts in existence <laughs> And the last shirts in existence They lost the pattern They don't know how to make shirts anymore mm. I'm afraid uh, We're That's We're out it. of black ink it's, where Yeah. The world is out of yeah, the that specific orange we use for Diablo. Um, yeah. Sorry. You'll just have to deal with it. Just go fuck like why can't they send you a fucking shirt in 2 weeks? <laughs> I don't know, Jabe. They should refund shit. you and send you a fucking shirt. I'm <laughs> fucking outraged. I can't believe you're you're fucking so chill about this. Yeah. Like, did you did you just give him a serve? Or were you just like, "What? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> I think I was spacing out for most of it, being like,
0: "Are you for real?" <laughs> Staggering. Yep. Um,
2: so Did you was...
1: complain to your PR handlers? Did they know what I was think... coming when you talked about this on the back, on the gap? <laughs> right? Did you at least give them a heads up? Good God! I think they know like, now. You're the new Blitz chum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've gone too far with that. Yeah, that's too far.
0: <laughs> He's trying to free people from yeah. a terrible country, and I didn't get a t shirt that I bought. <laughs> that's, yeah. With Doug
1: Lloyd's classic, the gap yeah. going um,
0: So, yeah, that was my only negative experience. Otherwise, I think it was really good. Uh, I feel like this BlizzCon, not just because I went, but I, I feel like <laughs> but the things they announced and they talked about is probably one of the, the best ones they've done maybe ever. Yeah, ever in a while yeah in a long time yeah that like i feel like the overwatch world of warcraft and the um the diablo 4 announcements were like all top tier announcements like for people that like that stuff we're really excited i don't know if the dragon stuff in hearthstone really hit that point but fans of those particular genres were going
1: crazy for this stuff yeah yeah they were definitely very hype yeah. uh announcements too yeah you know? yeah yeah um
0: so yeah man i, I enjoyed blizzcon uh, blizzcon not blizzcon uh the last thing i put on here was cornhole um <laughs> there's a reason why we went out for drinks one night and okay. uh cornhole is a game where you get a sack and you got to try and throw the sack into a, a wooden board with a hole in it sure. and there's two teams and they're sort of spaced these these they're spaced on the floor far like far apart from each other. You kind of just throw them and you go again through the hole. Um, we had two Blizzard people there that I think they were picking teams. And um, there was like six, I think six of us there at the time. And I got picked first because I knew things about basketball.
1: Ah, that makes sense.
0: And so therefore, uh, I got picked. Uh, yep. And it turns out I should be a professional cornhole player. Oh, I fucking cool. destroyed the other team. Um, really? We got... I think it was six sacks. You have to try and get in. We've been sure. drinking for a little bit. Um, Naturally. But I got five of them in the hole out of my Damn. team. I was on point. And when I won us the game as well. It was amazing.
1: The only team at the time I've seen Cornhole played is when <laughs> yep. they play that variant where they lie, like they lie underneath the board. Right? Oh, Someone has sounds... to lie underneath the board. And no. they put the hole over their nuts, <laughs> yeah. and then you try and fucking you cornhole them, I guess. That's the only time I've ever seen cornhole played. But it's fucking hilarious. It yeah. sounds like it would be. Mm. So, yeah. professional cornhole uh, Luke Laurie. That actually sounds more like something dirty. Yeah.
0: Anyway. S- stick it in uh, your cornhole.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, yep. see you should see Luke hit the cornhole. He's good at good at cornholing. He is, yeah, yep. Yikes. Um, yeah. Anyway, um anyway, sounds cool.
0: So yeah, man, I really enjoyed BlizzCon. Someone who's a giant Diablo nerd that has been playing them for a very very long time. I was super stoked by that announcement and and yep. also getting to play it and being blown away by how good it is so far um, or, or how much they're really. Going like we're going Diablo 2 route and fuck you we'll show yep. you how good we can make games so it looks good um
1: I think that's it no there was one thing I didn't put on the list because I forgot alright uh I went to an event of my own on Ooh. the weekend uh, Red Bull Fighter Flight took place oh, yes. on Saturday uh Red Bull Fighter Flight it was a Pudgy tournament uh held here in Sydney uh, I got to go along as a VIP, uh, um, which basically just meant that I got to sit in the cool VIP seats. Seats they use the um, they use the similar setup to what VR uh, Rebel had at the at IEM um, uh, two years ago, I think. Yeah, just. uh basically the best seats in the house and uh, I was sick actually the entire setup was really really fucking cool they had heaps of pubg themed stuff around and um uh what was it like uh three rows of four teams i believe or maybe uh four rows of three teams uh basically 12 teams playing uh pubg mm-hmm. uh and yeah they had there was a tournament, and uh, the winners that got to go to PGC, got tickets and flights to PGC finals, uh, which is fucking sweet. Uh, it's a really epic uh, prize. I had all kinds of like, I had the full like ESL did the behind the scenes production. Yeah. And I really feel like they've done fucking, they're really fucking good. Uh, they put together a really good event, and they had like full pyrotechnics and hmm. um, yeah. Play introductions. They they treated it like a uh, an esports tournament, even though it was pro-am uh, in that, you know, there was a mixture of professionals and amateurs. Professionals won in the end. Uh, Team Immunity took it out. Um, they narrowly missed out on going to PGC as it was. Um, yeah, so they were all, all, always in a pretty decent shot. Um, I'm sure they prefer to be competing, but they'll no doubt... Uh, enjoy the experience of actually uh, being over there and they'll probably be able to give the other Aussie teams, um, what was it, Vendetta and atletico um, mm-hmm. give them some support, uh, which is sick. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a fucking rad event. I got to play one game in the show match. Uh, I was playing with, so they put me on a team with Arthur Kostop- uh, Kostopopoulos. Uh, our old boy Lift Your Game um, he's your son who's isn't been he? my son uh, my boy my boy uh, he hasn't played PUBG in a year uh, he, he's uh, far more into Apex at the moment even though I've tried to con- tell him that the servers are back and it's good to play anyway uh, he hasn't played in, in a year so uh, he was rusty and uh, from my own experience of going back into PUBG from Apex I can tell you it's it's not easy. And then there was um, Nick. Uh, Nick's another streamer who has... He's played one game of PUBG ever. Mm. Uh, he did not do well, apparently. Uh, and then on the other side, I had Stephen Farrelly, uh, who has played one game of PUBG ever. And he got a single kill and came a third. Uh, and... Um, you and I were in that game, and we carried him to third. And oh, uh, we probably would have gotten better, <laughs> except we had Stephen Farrelly on our team. So, uh, yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's what I was saddled with. Uh, playing in some of the other teams were um, the likes of um, Top Gun, a pro Counter Strike player, uh, like widely regarded. Uh, Counter Strike player. Mm -hmm. Um, There was Critical Motion, who wasn't in the competition because his team had already fucking qualified for the PUBG Global Championships. So that was that. That felt good. Uh, Felt good. Felt like I was going to go well in that. Uh, Resolves, uh, competitive player. Yeah, Uh, and um, I I believe the Chiefs guys were playing. Uh, Maybe Mm. some. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Good stuff. Stoked. Uh, We got fucking destroyed. Uh, The idea of fight or flight is that the circles are a lot faster. There's triple the loot. It's on Sanhok. And uh, basically, once the circle... Once the initial circle starts moving... You have to... You almost have to keep moving towards the circle at all times... Unless you happen to be in it. Uh, Which is such an interesting fucking format... Uh, and one that really fucking works for Sandhawk it's having played it the best way to play Sandhawk in my opinion Mm -hmm. Uh, like easily the best way to play Sandhawk Uh, because you're guaranteed guns on the drop Um, so you don't have to be afraid of the hot drop you just have to be afraid of whoever the fuck is dropping with you Uh, because as long as you back yourself to actually hit your shots My, my biggest problem with Sandhawk is generally landing and not getting anything and then feeling like I've wasted my time um, yeah that's not the case in this uh, fight or flight is yeah it's a fucking brilliant format and I don't just say that because I was uh, critical in the uh, conception of of putting it together in the first place uh, and coming up with, with it um, yeah no uh, It's it, it works so fucking well and uh, yeah it makes Xenoc actually fun to play anyway we, uh, we got squished up to the top end of the map some awesome games throughout the day as well. One actually landed on... A, uh, like, finished on a bridge. Like, the hmm. circle fucking finished... Over, like, just over... A p- portion of the bridge... But, like, the bulk of... bulk of the circle was the bridge... Uh, which led to, like... A fucking sick ending hmm. firefight. Uh, but it was only, like... Obviously only between two teams... And it was hairy as fuck. Uh, but, yeah, it was really... Really entertaining to watch. Um... And yeah, games were over in like 10 minutes. It's it's a brilliant format. It's a fucking amazing format. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, our game started at North of Sandhawk. Uh, we landed. I had to actually parachute for Farrelly because he couldn't work it out and he was going to land on his own. Uh <laughs> As it was, I only got him like 90% of the way to the team uh, and landed him at a house so he could get some fucking weapons and walk over. He walked over. When he finally made it over to us, uh, the three, the other three of us had managed to successfully gear up completely. When he finally walked over to us, uh, he had a, I think it was like a Tommy gun uh, and no ammo and no vest, no helmet. Uh, he did have a backpack. Uh, but yeah so he basically hadn't looted at all so we found him a bunch of guns not that it was going to matter all that much and uh, yeah walked him over uh, walked him into the the thing Um, Nick uh, went for a swim Hmm. Uh, watching back watching the um, watching the tape back later uh, we walked literally 10 meters away from another team a team who was apparently as bad as we were and, uh, yeah, we walked 10 meters away from him. I could hear the footsteps. I heard gunshots. I'm like, that's bait. Just move away. Move this way. Keep an eye on them. Uh, fortunately we did that, but Nick decided to go for a swim for a while. And, uh, yeah. And then, uh, we managed to get in. I took some shots, got some good hits on, uh, the team that we were 10 meters away from. But we moved into Paradise Resort. And when we got into Paradise Resort, uh we got sandwiched between Critical Motion's team and, uh, and Top Gun's team.
2: Mm.
1: And that's how we fucking died. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I watched it back and I just got really unlucky. I would have had to drop on them as they moved. I hid in a room. Everyone on my team died. And I hid in a room and waited for... Because uh, I realized... I immediately realized the teams we were sandwiched between. And so I hid... Until they went past. But unfortunately uh, for me, they immediately... I was trying to third party both of them. Uh, and that's not actually... I wasn't trying to third party them. I was just moving in a direction that meant I was technically third partying them. And uh, so they were hyper aware uh, and waiting for whatever like noises they could hear. I ate a little bit of blue damage trying to run in... And uh, took some shots from Critical's team only to then run into Top Gun's team. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out super well for me, unfortunately. Uh, Otherwise, I could have snuck my way through. But yeah, that's sort of just the... We shouldn't have gone in Paradise, really. Um, I just thought it was a a bunch of hardcover that the boys would be able to use. But evidently, they couldn't. Anyway, it was good. It was good fun. Um, we were, yeah, I think we were pretty entertaining, which is all that matters at the end of the day. Uh, copped a bit of shit on stream, um, but like good friendly banter. And yeah, had some fun. I would have gone, I would have really liked, like the show match was just one game. Uh, I would have loved to go another one now that everyone was sort of warmed up a bit and mm. Steve knew how to parachute. Uh, you think he maybe would have practiced, but the day before or something? Uh, no, we didn't know we were going to be in a show match until we got there. So, <laughs> all right, yeah, uh, no. Maybe they should have yeah. split the teams up a bit better. Uh, I like can't have all uh, the pros on one team. Yes, that's definitely what they should have done. Uh, but it's okay. It was still like I think at the end of the day, uh, it would have been. I would have preferred that significantly but uh, this is still entertaining to watch back as well so yeah as show matches go like the two I think that would have encouraged the pros to take it a little less seriously because we were all on a bit of a goof Mm. uh, like fucking about and looting up and like running real close and yeah they were like the team next to us was baiting and like yeah trying to draw out some firefights Uh, but the the two really good teams were playing it super, the three really good teams were playing it super seriously, I guess for bragging rights. Uh, If they'd all been split up onto different teams, then it would have been a bit different. Uh, The flip side was that it was sort of difficult to hear um, chatter. So, yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, It was good fun. It was very entertaining. And uh, yeah, watching it back was still entertaining. Uh, We weren't on stream all that much, but uh, you could see us uh, just sort of like you can see the path, our path of destruction or path towards destruction, rather. Uh, yeah. Like you're like, wow, we are just running into. It's just getting worse and worse for us. We're like fucking struggling in the quicksand type shit. Anyway, yeah, good stuff. Anyway, yeah. that's it.
0: Yeah. Um, just quickly while we're talking about esports, I forgot to mention I watched the Overwatch World Cup. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you
1: watched any of this as well. I watched the, the first two games of the finals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you weren't missing too much. Um,
0: no. Yeah, Overwatch World Cup uh, 2019 was at BluesCon, they had a giant stadium set up, esports stadium. Um, the Australian team got knocked out in the preliminaries. They came in the top, like, I think it was six to eight, somewhere around there. Um, the yep. top five in the prelims went on to the main event. Uh, to play the already top teams that had already been made it that far, um, so Australia just missed out. Anyway, um, I watched uh, the semi-finals, the third place medal match, and then also the finals as well. Uh, so the finals was uh, USA versus China. Uh, very fitting for this BlizzCon, um, considering the events of the past couple of weeks. True. and uh yeah USA just stomped like China that yeah. was so um that was so good they just absolutely destroyed them um three three zero uh, so best out of five uh, both these teams were top of their group stage so it worked out you know pretty well in terms of the finals game um yeah I think I've been pretty vocal about what I think of Overwatch competitive uh, I don't like the way they balance that game um I enjoy watching it but I just like it's not something i can get into um i think it's very noisy in terms of what's going on on the screen they i don't think they found a good way to sort of broadcast it um as a as a first person shooter at least and it's ex- especially with uh the you know it's something we bring up all the time like oh you sort of see the same heroes being played constantly um and that's something that happened here like the three games that i watched uh, in the stadium, I watched a couple also on the cameras uh, on the TVs throughout the event but it seemed like every time you looked over it was like the same composition most of the time um, and there wasn't much variety, like every once in a while they'll bring out something new to try and, you know, the losing team will try and get in front by trying something different but for the most part it was like, oh yeah okay. you've got the same yeah. healer, like both teams are using the exact same competition on the same, on the same map and then they'd switch to the next map and then Pretty similar, you know, they replace one or two characters but for the most part very similar. Um, the new character that's the most recent edition, Sigma, um, is a character that's able to throw out a barrier in the way and it it absorbs damage. Um it was in like every game that I saw and uh yeah. it's not it's not a good like you just see shields all over the place. Like it's fucking yeah. It just looks ugly. Like, it doesn't look good. It looks dumb. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I just did not enjoy that particular look of it. It's uh, just... It's too noisy. It's too, like, um, distracting. Like, there was other people that I was with that don't really pay too much attention to Overwatch and sort of saying the similar thing, like, that they just find it too full-on. Like, there's too much going on. And as someone who knows you know, who played a decent amount of Overwatch. Even me, sometimes I can struggle to sort of get an idea of what is going on in this game. Um, And then by having all these blue barriers up all the time in front of your face and people shooting through them and then not being able to see the enemy probably because there's three other people behind that barrier. It just looks ugly. Um, Yeah. I think it was bad. They need to change that. It looks dumb. Because, you know, you've got that and then you've got got your Reinhardt who's able to put a shield down or like... um, the uh winston who can put the you know the bubble down oh there's just shields all over the place and it's just it's so stupid anyway i uh, still have fun watching the games um but I, I just don't like the way they they balance that game it's they're doing it the opposite to everyone else which is really weird so anyway yeah. it's still fun to watch so so mm, just not my thing should we, should we talk about some news quickly Cause Let's do it. We're dragging on. Um, what do we got here? The Witcher th- Netflix series is coming on December twentieth. Um, yeah. Did you watch this trailer?
1: I did. <laughs> looks uh, good. Yeah, it looks rad. Uh, did you get a feeling Henry Cavill sounded a bit Australian sometimes? Sound like he was doing a bit of a Rusty Crow impression. I don't know if I. Listen to it with audio. I think I might have just watched it with video. We're fucking weirdo. All right, all right then, weirdy. Um, well, yeah. Anyway, that's well. Then in that case, if you didn't hear, listen to it with audio, then the official position of the gap is that he's doing a fucking rusty crow impression. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm about it. I mean, I want. I, I'm all in on rusty crow impressions from Superman actors. Um, yeah.
0: For for a company that's been very vocal about this not being um <clears throat> being uh, I guess more tied to the to the novels as opposed to the video game series, they're definitely taking <laughs> like scenes from like from the video game. You're like, oh yeah, that looks like something out of the video game. Um, I definitely think yeah. they're paying attention, and, and we know Henry Cavill is like he kind of. was outspoken about this role being like yeah i love the games like i want to play him as a character and that's kind of how this came about i guess um so yeah it's kind of weird that they're distancing themselves from the cd project red game and going yeah it's more like the the books but here's some video footage and you're like
1: "Ah, that that looks like the game
0: (laughs) do you think he sounds like
1: no, I don't. Character think from, the from the game? No, not at all. Oh, well, not not at all. Not necessarily not at all, but more. It's. I don't think he's going for that voice. Uh, right. Yeah, like you know, they're both gruff, uh, gruff English-sounding dudes. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. Right. Anyway, I'm excited Good. next next month. I'm I'm very in. I uh, can't wait. Yeah, um, definitely going to be something. I'll probably binge watch. Apparently, it's horror, more horror than fantasy. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Um, all right, and the next one is the last one we got here, which uh, you've written this. It says Fortnite dipshit banned for life because he is a dipshit.
1: <laughs> I should I should have written more, more details down, eh? <laughs> Those are sort of just my initial thoughts on on, on the on the dude. Yeah, but, uh, I've
0: read yeah. bits and pieces about this, um, but not going into too much detail about it. Um, basically, a a a phase uh, clan member who's a Fortnite player was yep. banned after uploading a or recording a video of himself aimbotting
1: on in his alt channel, right? Yeah.
0: Or on alter uh, accounts or something like that.
1: Uh, yeah. On, a, on a, but he uploaded it on his alt YouTube account or whatever. Yeah, and and played on an alt account. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he got banned, Perma banned. And For life. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how there's controversy about this. I don't understand like why there is controversy. Um, but he had to, like, Epic Games made a statements to TMZ. Uh, that they weren't—they were standing by their decision. And they weren't like reversing it. We have a zero tolerance policy for the usage of cheat software. Uh, when people use aimbots or other cheat technologies to gain an unfair advantage, they ruin games for people who are playing fairly. Uh, that, yeah, makes about makes sense to me. I don't see why the people are complaining. Um, apparently, he makes his livelihood off. YouTube videos? Okay, well... Then... He shouldn't have fucking cheated at Fortnite. Why is there... Like... Like... What's the fucking... What am I missing here? Why are people upset about this? Like... Why why are people on his side? All you have to do is not fucking cheat. Is a lifetime ban a bit harsh? I've spoken about this before. I do think so. If you're... Younger than 18, I don't think, like, oh, I think five years or, yeah, eight years or something like that, right? Like, some period of time, right, that is long enough to really make you think
2: mm.
1: twice, but not lifetime to that, like, not a uh, long enough time that would make you just give up on the game forever. Uh, Maybe because they've got Fortnite 2 coming out soon. Ah, that's what it is. It's got a PvE mode. And they know. Oh, wait, that's save the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. At, at best, right? Not Lifetime, because he's under 18. But, that's at best. And it should still be five minimum years. Mm-hmm. Uh, People are complaining because... Some other pros got caught cheating somehow. Ah, oh, they were teaming in the World Cup qualifiers. And they are only given a two-week suspension. That, right? That is a problem with that suspension. It's not a problem with this suspension, right? There's nothing about this suspension that's wrong. It's... Those dudes should have been... Like, if they were caught teaming in the fucking World Cup qualifiers, they should be banned for five fucking years as well. Right? Like, that's that's the problem there. You need... A higher fucking penalty for people who are team, teaming, not a lower penalty for people who literally used an aimbot. Hmm. Holy fuck. Fuck this fucking dipshit. Apparently made $37,000 off his apology video. Fuck him to death. <laughs> All right, I've gone too far again, but still. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Nah, ban him. Ban him, Job. Ban him. Professional player yep. cheating.
0: Yep. Um, all right, that's the news. <laughs> Us ragging good on news. Fortnite,
1: kids. Yep. that's all we got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, have we got any questions? We do have a question. Oh, exciting. It's a good question. It's a good question. I okay. see. Um, I looked, and it was long, so it seems good enough to me. Uh, Dangers writes, Hello, Luke and Joan of Arc.
2: Mm.
1: After seeing stuff about the Monster Energy... TM product placement in Death Stranding. Ripper review, by the way, Joe. Thank you. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on product placement in games and how it can be done tastefully? Or maybe even an example of it being done poorly in the past. On another note, can you please not book train to perform at my next Mario Kart party? I'm still recovering from the 2012 incident with the cheese and bacon balls and really don't want my my ears to start bleeding. Forever yours, Lord dang. Uh, first, First things first. Good product placement... In games... Is pretty fucking... It's pretty tricky... Uh... Because... Yeah... I feel like... Games... are In... Like... I've seen a lot of good product placement... And I've seen a lot of bad product placement... In games though... I can't think of... Good stuff... Uh... Because... It, it's either in or not... You know... Like... You think about product placement in games... Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it's very different you should like you think about guns guns is, is the perfect example guns and games right Yeah,
2: you games need to license
1: them. <laughs> have to pay yeah gun like creators to put the which is the direct opposite of how it works in the rest of the entertainment industry where yeah generally uh Guns would be paying to be the gun of choice in in something, right? That's 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 the thing. Games are in a different a different place somehow to the rest of the entertainment. So when you do have uh, product placement, right, uh, it's it's either been paid for, and so they're not going to waste it by not showing it off. Uh, hence, uh. The gratuitous uh, explore, uh, explorative explorative no. I don't know, exploration modes in fucking uh, Forza games where you can like zoom in and pan around on the fucking uh, Audi logo or some shit, right? Or if they don't have uh, the license for the game, uh, they didn't pay for it and so they, they just don't care. It is whatever gun, it is a M4 alike. Or something, you know, it's, it's and so the cars are car alikes, uh, like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, you know, uh, they'll make up their own brands and often use that as an excuse to skewer other brands, yeah. Um, so yeah, good in, in games, I don't think I can pick. I mean, you've got like cars as well that
0: they do the similar thing with, but it's like with cars, there's that whole like <clears throat> car manufacturers don't want their uh, they want they don't want damage. In car games, because it makes their cars look bad, and they don't want that. And so you see a lot of car games these days where there's no vehicle damage because it's it's in like the contract for having the car in the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's like video games are in a totally different space compared to to other um, entertainment media. Uh, But I think like if I think about like good product placement in other things, uh, it's it's a bit different. Like, I think good product placement is the, is the ones you don't notice at all. Uh, it's either you don't notice it at all, so it'll be when every every single, Like, inexplicably, despite it never working like this in real life, every single person in a TV show, even the fucking children, will have the latest fucking iPhone or something like that. That is good product placement in that it is unobtrusive and you don't like the it. way that they do it uh in my work with Red Bull uh is that like they don't they never want they hate it when like there's a photo of someone and they're holding a can of Red Bull and the logo is facing, facing the camera the and yeah it's, it's the equivalent of like an actor staring at the camera to them right like they never want it to be obvious or like uh yeah, they're, they're drinking from an unopened can or some shit. Like, yeah. that is, like, that, yeah. That's, like, the, the, the killer stuff to them. Like, it cannot happen that way. Uh, the other really good one I think of is uh, in, um, like, uh, Rick and Morty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, he, he he's talking about, there's, like, a memory he has. Uh, in the fucking episode Total Rickle uh, where there's a parasite that gives them extra memories and shit and he remembers going into his safe and getting all his money so he could go buy a bunch of Nintendo 3DSs and then he's like give me a 3DS Nintendo Uh, that kind of stuff or like when they clearly lampshade it right when they clearly go out of their way to call attention to it the other one obviously another Dan Harmon joint uh, Subway in community uh when subway is a student and like takes over shirley's sandwiches and like it's a whole fucking thing right and later on they do the honda honda product placement bit yeah my for me it's either got to be like really fucking in your face yeah uh uh-huh uh and like deliberately made fun of or it's got to be uh, so subtle that you would never notice it at all. And then it just sort of blends into the nature of the world itself. Right. Those are the two options, in my opinion. Bad is when they, in fucking Arrow, when they slow pan over a desk showing the fucking <laughs> Apple logo that Felici- uh, F- Felicity, yeah, Felicity is this expert hacker, is hacking some system using a fucking Apple Mac. And you're like, interesting <laughs> right uh, yeah the, one, the,
0: the ones I can think of like the old school ones are, and we've talked about this before like Cool Spot the, um, the <laughs> nice classic yeah. seven up um, and then you go to things like Crazy Taxi with being able to to drive to like your pizza huts and fast food restaurants like KFC and things like that uh, and then you go to more recent examples um, one I immediately think of is like Alan Wake with the batteries um, oh yeah like you would you would like have a like actual branded batteries in the game things like that um, that was
1: actually that was a, that was a good one yeah
0: yeah um and i think they did other things in that game as well i mean they do interesting things with like um it's not necessarily product placement but with like uh music and things like that sort of works into it that at one stage because they've got to get licenses to make those things work and licenses yep. run out and like do we remove the songs um so there's interesting discussions around that but then more recently the one that jumps out really to me is the NBA games and like go to Foot Locker or go get your JBL headphones and things like that um
1: I see a lot you of You can get you can earn the rights to buy some Nike shoes yep. some LeBron 17s uh, by playing through my player, which is something they've done before right. back in 2K14, and I successfully qualified yeah. by playing that game so much. And then I found out you could only buy the fucking shoes if you're in America. <laughs> Australians weren't eligible. They were hideous shoes, but I was still fucking pissed. I wanted those fucking shoes, I had fucking earned it. I was very upset you
0: needed to anyway. um get like a forwarding system
1: uh no like you my like I, I went I went down that rabbit hole oh it was too much and, and I couldn't yeah, yeah. um yeah. alright was that it uh oh you don't know no. can we not book Train to perform at his next Mario Kart party you can go fuck yourself dangers Train deserves jobs too and they will be getting them Exclusively, <laughs> uh, yeah, they will be running a train on your next Mario Kart party, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, they'll be fucking it one after another. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a bleak vision of the future, uh, but it is your future, Dangers. Thank you for writing in. Uh, as always, love your stuff. Uh, but yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, that's it. That's that's all that stuff. Cool, that's good on podcast. Probably we didn't get any Jack and Daxter stuff. I'm going to be frank. I'm, 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 I'm dis- disappointed. Unless just checking the first letters of every word. No, nope. Yeah, you didn't hide Jack and Daxter in it at all. Disappointed. Disappointed, I tell you. It's disappointing. All right, that's it. You can find us, The Gap, on iTunes,
0: Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all of those places. Uh, please, if you've got a couple of minutes, uh, seconds even. Uh, rate and review the show helps other people find it brings us up further on that list um you can send us questions via email the gapodcast at gmail.com or you can do it the same way dangers has through our discord page the gapodcast.com slash discord uh, you can jump in there and talk about all sorts of things that are going on like uh Job and other people fighting in battlefield 5 which you didn't talk about either today uh, we'll oh that. my god
1: how I fucking forget to talk we don't have time we'll do that next uh, week <laughs> we will do that next week but holy shit the Pacific Theatre update is fucking sick yeah uh, anyway yeah we'll talk about it next week
0: yeah uh, you can also find us on social media facebook.com slash GAPodcast twitter.com slash GAPodcast or you can go to our YouTube page thegapodcast.com slash YouTube if you want to watch us on there and uh, our website is thegapodcast.com it's got links to all the things we just talked about including past episodes of the show if you want to go check those ones out. And uh, that's all thanks to our Patreon members who help keep this show running and the website running. Uh, If you go to patreon.com slash Podcast, you can sign up there. So thank you to everyone that helps support the show every month. We greatly appreciate
1: it. You're the best, and thank
0: you. And have you got anything you'd like to talk about you've been working on for this week?
1: Um, No. No. go listen to the uh, IGN podcast IGN Australia podcast it's pretty entertaining um, have us make sure you read my Death Stranding review and remember if you couldn't get through it all you won't get through Death Stranding um, and yeah no everything else I've got is embargoed so no yeah
0: yeah. same with me uh, you, can give, you can go better you can go find me on twitter.com slash Luke Laurie, l-a-w-r-i-e um otherwise i don't think i've had anything go up this week um i've got stuff planned for next week though but that's all again under embargo um hmm. so i guess we'll cool. talk about that next week uh, we'll talk about some more death straining next week uh battlefield and anything else you can think of oh rainbow we'll talk about some rainbow six stuff we i guess Definitely talk about Rainbow. Yes. yeah so good uh, cool getting close thanks thanks for listening everyone and thank you you and
1: uh big big thank you to our sponsors the whiskey club
0: they are Uh, sending
1: me some whiskey they do not If they are i'm not getting any oh wait maybe i've got Uh, shoes out of us get fucked do not steal my shoes